0: For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts
1: Quite a lot of Doyle activity yesterday with regards to the rioting followed following after the stabbings in Dublin on Thursday. Show no mercy to Dublin rioters uh, Fine Gael, Fine Gael uh, members, not just TDs but ministers themselves in the Doyle yesterday calling for tougher sentences for those involved in the violence. So what are we talking about? Well, the Dublin city rioters as they're calling them, the Frontier Independent should have their social welfare cut and should be given prison sentences. For wreaking havoc across the capital and apparently one or two of them is also saying, yeah, real prison sentences. Not one single one of them if convicted should ever get a suspended sentence. So they're going after social welfare benefits and amongst the reasons why is the junior minister Patrick O'Donovan makes this morning's Irish Independent and he says that he questioned whether any of the rioters worked for a living and said that most of them were in bed when the rest of the country was up working to pay for taxes for their lives Style in their welfare benefits. So the ministers insist now that no suspended sentence should be offered to anyone involved in the looting of businesses and the setting fire to public transport, Garda cars and the attacking of Garda. Um, Conor McGregor is very much in the, uh, in the sights also of our politicians because in the doll yesterday he was called a gobdaw. Now it would be great to get And I shouldn't. It's not funny. It's just not funny. But it would be good to get um, maybe an actual definition of the word gobdaw. It's probably a more rural term. I think it's been a term that's been resting for quite some time. And now it's making a return. Uh, A gobdaw is probably something close to the gob, S-H-I-T-E, or a cousin or a relation of, right, an eejit. Possibly, um, the definition that's coming up here is a foolish or gullible person, a pretentious fool. So that's what he's been called, and he's been read the Riot Act. He was named in the dole over online posts. Uh, he wasn't the only one; uh, some other agitators were also named in the dole yesterday. Uh, see, the TD Adon or Rear Dawn said there are celebrities such as Conor McGregor. A gobda, and people in this chamber who use the word criminality and immigration in the same sentence all too often, uh, they are very different. Immigration shouldn't always be connected with criminality. Water cannon now have been brought in. I thought we always had it. We didn't. We had to get them from the PSNI. But we now have them and the Gardaí, of course, will be able to use them. Um, They're on standby in the event of any more riots or looting or thuggery. Um, All of the papers talk of it today. Water gob does, does, the front page of this morning's um, uh, star. But I do see uh, this morning the uh, mail moving it on a step further where they're saying, and, and I I always thought really that the Garda Chikana at the most highest level did have powers to ask the likes of mobile phone providers for masked details and for pinging uh, and also to be able to get some data from them with regards to cell site locations. But I think that what was happening in the door yesterday is they want more of that to be allowed to the Gardaí, to, to find, say, um, the provocateurs, if you like, those that are stoking the fires of hate, or those that were, uh, many of, some of whom, of course, were, were involved in calling people um, to go to Dublin uh, and to take on the guards and to kill immigrants and to riot and to loot. Uh, so they're going after them big time. And uh, I see this morning that the Mail is also saying that the Gardaí will be given lots more power hour now, to access and intercept private conversations on social media sites under new legislation. To some extent, the papers are speculating that a lot of this is to do with, say, Helen McEntee trying to battle to save her political career and coming up with ways of maybe trying to anticipate what could happen next if this were ever to happen again. So going after people's social media feeds, even the private conversations, some might suggest that that's a step too far, but I guess others could probably say, well, it's not really if you have nothing to hide, you know. Like The Sun today then talks of um, the uh, man who saved uh, a, a little, small little girl from even more stabbing um, and she remains gravely ill in hospital, as we know, Cayo Benicio. Um, I think the uh, the GoFundMe uh, stands now at €660,000 raised from him. And this all started with a chap who put up a GoFundMe for him just to buy Cayo Benicio a pint, 660,000 euro worth of pints later. He's in the news again this morning because he says, I want to support that little girl in any way I can. Now, Caio is the lad who he's not a lad, he's 48 years old with a family back in Brazil, jumped off his motorbike and belted the attacker on the head with his helmet. Um, But the papers do talk of migration, immigration. One is coming into the country and the other is emigrating from the country. But it's interesting to see that both were up last year, according to the latest stats that have been released. And the Independent picks up where they say both immigration into the country and emigration out of the country both rose significantly over the last year. They don't don't cancel each other out, however. There's still a lot more coming in than going out. And you know that those those that have been, you know, um, assessed in Ireland and have had their cases heard in Ireland and their applications have been rejected. Well, the Independent says that up to three quarters of all deportation orders in Ireland are not enforced. So they say that up to three quarters of them are not enforced and the government really doesn't even know whether the 75% of those who are told they have to leave the country actually did leave the country. There was 539 deportation orders signed, but only 17 of the 539 were actually enforced. And you'd be worried that maybe some of those deportation orders were not enforced on people who really possibly had a criminal background. We don't know where they are. And what they're up to, or indeed, we don't know whether or not they were involved in criminality in other countries. So there's a lot on that. And forgive me for everybody who's been texting and emailing over the past couple of days on this topic. I will return to it for a while again this morning. But around about 5 minutes, 10 minutes to 11 yesterday morning, we broke on air here on this program that Ironman would not be happening in y'all in 2024. There's a little confusion about 2025. It's somewhat clearer now. If everything works out fine, and it should, Iron Man will return in twenty twenty five but it makes the front of this morning 's echo i 'll be chatting about it in a, a little later on this morning the event scrap for twenty four um, a huge part of the fabric of the all. I was talking to some locals and business people in Yall on air yesterday morning. County Council said they had nothing to do with the decision not to proceed with the event. I think they're probably as disappointed as everybody is, particularly those down in East Cork, because there's a stat making the papers today. It makes this morning sun uh, where uh, Anne Mooney says that uh, the council decision... Um, well, no, the, the council said that the decision would um, impact up to 20 million euro on the local economy. Um, that's what, what's taken from Ironman alone um, in any given year. You look at uh, I don't know about maybe this year, but probably this year because the event went ahead, 20 million to the local economy. So the decision not to run the contest uh, draws triathletes from all over the world. Is seen as, among other things, as a huge financial blow. Uh, to the region but one must not forget that two people did die and lost their lives brendan wall and ivan chittenden died in the event in august Uh, and the papers talk of that today Uh, issues overseas then as we attempt to help and indeed of course uh, palestine and palestinians um, it's we we can't airbrush the past Uh, ireland does have a very fond relationship with the people of Palestine and Palestinians not notwithstanding that we don't have any issue in the wide earthly world with anybody from any country but I do remember some years ago in the middle of the summer 70 or 80 Palestinian kids came over from Gaza uh, and I met them and we got um, um, one of the Mr Whippy vans to meet them and we played kind of five a side and seven a side soccer at the Mardike it was a fabulous afternoon, we had great fun as a reminded of that this morning when I heard that the Palestinian flag will be flown at Cork City Hall today for International Day of Solidarity for the people of Palestine and there are 10 Cork people who will also embark on a 24-hour fast to mark the day today and that story makes the echo. But when you look at the freed Irish-Israeli hostage Emily Hand, the devastating consequences of her incarceration make the red tops today because apparently this was a girl who was a happy Noisy kid, according to her dad, now she speaks in whispers because she was terrorized by the terrorists in hell, she said, and it's her it's my job now, says Dad. Um, her dad Tom to make her better she can barely speak Uh, she was over 50 days in captivity she was at a sleepover when she was taken captive and I don't think she ever actually got out of her pyjamas to be quite honest with it she was reunited with her dad 50 days later still in the same pyjamas and the papers this morning say that she thought that she'd been held hostage for a year she thought it was a year that she was held hostage, and so that 's a story that when she turned nine while in captivity that 's a story that makes both the male and indeed the son today. But meanwhile, meanwhile, um, you know as we, as we head into the Christmas period and the pressures financially, and there are pressures on people and don 't kid yourself if the people don 't put out a, a brave face and love the idea of Christmas and they 're happy and clappy to everybody, but deep down they really are struggling because financially it 's absolutely gone mental now. Uh, the commercialism of Christmas. But now it seems as if people are sacrificing personal hygiene products just to pay for food. Could you imagine the pressure people be under now trying to uh, you know, keep up with everybody else and not drown in a mountain of debt at Christmas time. So now they're they're sacrificing personal hygiene products to pay for food Um, and of course personal hygiene products uh, cover a wide range of products. And and a story that was very much in the news unfortunately uh, all too often is uh, dangerous dog attacks. Not all Dangerous dog, but they're the ones that make the news more than anything. Uh, dangerous dog attacks, and um, amongst them was the attack on Alejandro, uh, Miss Anne, who was attacked by a bully dog. Um, now, that's before the court. I'm mentioning this actually because all too often we wonder does anything ever happen with regards to these kind of attacks. And this XL bully tore into Alejandro's face, and he says, awfully, ext- awful injuries and extensive um, plastic surgery on it. But the owner of the dog is a Karen Millen Miller, I should say, uh, and she was before Wexford Criminal Court yesterday. Uh, she pleaded guilty to two charges of endangerment. You might wonder why two. Well, one was in relation to the attack on Alejandro, and then there was a separate charge on a separate attack on another child four days earlier. Uh, so two different uh, cases that she's before the court's for. And if and finally, can I just mention, if you've got a lot of tech in your house, you'll love this two-page spread in the mail this morning uh, where they're talking about all of the technology in the home, in almost every single room in the home, is sending all of your data somewhere. And it's all being harvested by someone. And it's all being sold on to various companies who use it then to uh, to tailor-make advertising and marketing and to hit you on social media uh, and also to get an idea as to what people are watching what people are buying their social habits and then all of that can be used to generate money it really can so what are the things in your home or in the driveway that are spying on you your car Your doorbell, if it has a camera. Your security camera, if it has an app. Your television, if it's a smart TV. Your games console, if you play PS4 or anything like that. Your oven, if it's a modern one, because a lot of them do come with app technology and Bluetooth technology and Wi-Fi. Your fridge, we all know about that. Some smart fridges have digital screens connected to apps. Your baby monitor... That's an interesting one, because with regards to the baby monitor, that would primarily be audio, wouldn't it? And, of course, your washing machine. So pretty much every piece of tech now, modern tech in the home, is spying on you. And the data is being sent somewhere. Anyway, text 0868-104-106. On the way, calls, and we're sending
2: the kids off to Santa Claus. Down at Parky-Cueve, next. Cork's biggest conversation is here. The Neil Brenderville Show is on Cork's Red FM. And you
1: can text 868 pick up the phone on 0818104106 It's a big day today an awful lot of prep went into this you're going to have something in the region of a couple of hundred kids over today and indeed tomorrow 240 of them sick kids vulnerable children travelling to Parky Cueve this morning and tomorrow morning they're accompanied by firefighters, members of Angarda all suited and booted airport police, the deputy lord mayor is there and they're off down to meet Santa Claus and everybody pulled together to make this happen so let's Give him a big Cork Countdown. I'm one of the biggest kids of all, our own Seamus Whelan is with the convoy, joins me by phone. Morning. Morning. And you
3: know what? Even better still, I'm in the back of a fire truck from the airport police. <laughs> you always wanted airport. to be a fireman so, when you were in short pants. <laughs> there you are, face painted and the whole lot, Neil. It, uh, it was, we're out in um, Nemo Rangers, uh, GA grounds, just heading off there now to Parky Queeve. Um, There's it was absolutely Baltic, but like none of the kids are feeling the cold because they're all excited to see Santa working away in, in Parky Queen for the for the next two days. All
1: right, and everything came together very nicely with everything that they needed. So it's going to be a winter wonderland for them when they get there, isn't it?
3: Oh, will you will you stop? Yeah, and and one special child then as well, uh, Mia Tobin from. Uh, killed in uh, on the Sheepshead Peninsula she's riding up front with uh, Deputy Lord Mayor Tony Fitzgerald and uh, it's all excitement there um, nice. like all Mia wants for Christmas is uh, pop slime and she wants Santa to uh, make it safe for her to sleep at night um, she, uh, she's a young girl that suffers from uh, a rare disease called uh, Russell syndrome. It resulted in her having uh, three strokes in September, which has given her severe PTSD. So we're hoping Santa will be able to make that wish come true wow. because she um, doesn't sleep on her own at night now and she doesn't go to sleepovers and she'd like to be able to do that.
1: And that's just one of the many stories from all the little boys and girls. I'll talk to one of her, her parents in a few minutes time. Do you mind if I have a quick chat with John Looney the man behind the magic? He's Cork City Hospital's Children's Club. And
3: he's he's the guy that's been pulling it together now for the last 29 I mean, years. 29 it's years. 29 year. Notice Stop
1: the lights. Okay, so you're in a fire truck. Let's see what he's in. John, good morning. Thanks Seamus. Oh you? right, you're rocking and rolling, you're on the way. It's unbelievable. I'm here out the airport fire service. <sighs> and it's just unbelievable. <sighs> oh my god, you get an amazing send-off. Firefighters, guardie, airport police, Stephen Lord Mayor. Oh my Everybody god. Everybody is here Neil. Mammies and daddies thing- of the kids and everything? Everybody's here. There's even
4: drones in the sky looking down at us. Believe it or not.
1: <laughs> oh my God! So it's come together very well, very nicely. Well done to everybody that contributed. You got it again. Twenty-nine years of this. Is that right? Twenty-nine years this. And can I just ask you? Would you ask the people at the cork, Could
4: they ever just dip their horns and we passed You know, it's nice for the children to hear it as well. Well, know? let's let's get them to do that.
1: What's your route then from Nemo down to Porky Cueve we're just actually going down,
4: uh, passing Turner's Class now, Catwell Road. We're going right in through Patrick Street and down
1: the quay. Oh, you're taking your time about it, so you're going the, the scenic route. <laughs> the senior
2: crew what's good for the Taoiseach of Ireland is good for the kids of Cork <laughs>
1: <laughs> you're in rare form the big child in just come out <laughs> oh I'm telling you <laughs> so Santa Claus then what's what the time is he arriving at there'll be fierce anticipation he's actually below oh he's dead he's up by the fire and he's having his breakfast he's having, as he speaks. He's having yeah. a full Irish is he he definitely is. <laughs> <laughs> Waiting on the kids. So all day today and indeed tomorrow you'll do it all over again. That's correct. Four different sessions of it, Neil. And I know that Dwyer's Electrical gave you a fine old discount on the Christmas trees and the baubles and the decorations. Yeah, everything sorted then. It's a winter wonderland down there, right? Oh, just fabulous for everything! Everything, you know, just out of this world, over this world. That's all I can say. All right, and well, this new venue for us and
4: everything else, and when Easton came aboard board from Parky, we were very, very gracious about his help and everything.
2: doing
1: so we trust in all of it. Fair play to you. I know that Seamus is going to be giving me some great audio from across the mornings, so we'll play that out later. Have a great day, John Looney. You really hey, are a big
2: national hearing
1: for the people of Cork. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. As they say in the A team, I love it when a plan comes together. That's it. What about John? I mean, it's this. Oh, we'll talk again before Christmas, I can tell you that. Thank you to everybody that got involved in this. You're talking about over 240 different children from all different parts of the county heading down to see Santa Claus. And it's just going to be a wonderful day. And thank you to everybody that came on board. We really had to round up the troops on this one to get everything that was needed for the Cork City Hospital Children's Club to make it happen down in their new venue today and tomorrow at Porky Cui. But I heard there, just as I was chatting with Chambers, he was talking about little Mia, who's eight years old and suffers from Russell, lives with Russell syndrome um, and her folks actually uh, are travelling with her as they head down. Can't wait with the anticipation to see Santa Claus. And just a quick word with Adele Tobin, Tobin, her ma'am. Adele, good morning. Hi,
5: how are you?
1: Are you on the convoy?
5: I am. We're
1: up front in the Lord Mayor's car. Oh my God, you're in the Lord Mayor's car?
6: Yeah,
5: so very exciting. F- right,
1: very honourable way to travel, isn't it? Mm-hmm, yeah. And And is there as well surveying all the scene?
5: Yeah, taking it all in Excited? Very, very excited Very excited you, It's just amazing, you, all of us
1: This is your first time or Mia's first time doing this, I'd imagine, is it? It is, yeah Okay, and where did you travel up from I wonder, Edell?
5: Um, so, we came from uh, Kilkerhan, but we actually Mia was in hospital until yesterday morning so we went down home yesterday when we got left out and we came back up last night and stayed in Cork.
1: So I hear you went down packed a bag, came back up stayed in the Rochestown Park Hotel we're up early this yep. morning for the convoy such yep. is the excitement and how is life for the little fighter? She does seem to me, reading her condition uh, as a real superhero trying to get on with life.
5: Oh she like from day one she's always had issues, she had the Russell Silver Syndrome and that took a long time to get diagnosed and it meant that Mia... When she used to get, like if other children got a vomiting bug, Mia used to get it 10 times worse. So we spent a lot of time on the ladybird when she was very small and then a lot of time on the puffin. And things started to settle down when the when COVID hit and she had three really good years of no sickness or no anything. And then this came in September, she had three stroke events, oh. which was completely out of the blue and unexpected. I so. know,
1: I know. You get over one challenge, and unfortunately, another one comes along. So she yeah. she, she is, she's she's difficultly sleeping, doesn't she? I hear she doesn't
5: like her, we've. Put, um, put a bed in her room now for her and she sleeps in our room and someone has to be in with her every night until she falls asleep so.
1: I know, I know, that's what yeah. mammies and daddies do, well hopefully yeah. today will be a wonderful day, is she with you there is she, is she, she, is she, is yeah. she up for a quick word just see what Santa she, Claus is going to bring she, we're
5: on the South Mall. Mal. okay she'd love to speak to you, yeah. alright just yeah.
1: a quick one, they're heading up yeah. the mall, lads if anybody sees the convoy and you can't miss them, blow the horn, flash the lights for them, look up the mall down Patrick Street, hello. so do say hello Mia can you, can you hear me all right? I can kind of. I know, it's not easy because I hear all of the sirens going. Are you very excited going to meet Santi? Yeah. All right, a big day for you today. Have you sent your Santee letter and everything? Does he know what you want for Christmas? Yes. What do you want? I want slime. 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 So you can get that in the back garden. What's slime? Um um, just regular slime. What would you do with it? Play with it. Muck up your hands with it, is it? Stretch it. Yeah. Pull it. Throw it at the wall. Uh,
7: maybe not the wall. Throw
1: it at your daddy. <laughs> yeah. Put it all over his face when he's asleep. Yeah. Wow, that sounds like a plan. So are you excited to see Senti and the elves and Mrs Claus today? Yeah. Well, today is your special day, all right? Yeah. You have a wonderful day. Enjoy every single minute of it with your mammy and daddy, okay? Thank you. You're welcome. Look after yourself and happy Christmas, little Mia. Thank you. Lovely chatting with you. Bye. Bye. Lads, if you see them as they're heading down along, do blow the horn, give them a wave, flash the lights, because these are very, very special kids. These are the same kids also that uh, also get to go to uh, Euro Disney in Paris, all under the auspices of John Looney and his volunteers of the Cork City Hospital Children's Club, and we're very proud to be involved in it again this year. It's a wonderful thing. It's off and running. The convoy is on its way.
2: Call the Neil Prenderville Show now, 0818 104 106. Red
1: FM. You betcha, boys and girls. We spoke about uh, you all yesterday, and the fact there'll be no 2024 Ironman worth something like 20 million to the local economy, and God knows East Cork needs it, and God knows you all needs it. We we're chatting about it yesterday. I wanted to get the the, the thoughts of somebody who actually won it, and Chris Minturn won it in 2022. Uh, Toker lad, now living in Frankfurt there for some time. We've spoken to him in the past. He's a good guy. Won the won the Ironman. Seriously fit. Chris. Good morning. Good morning, What what you make, what you make of it, pal, when you heard the news yesterday? Um, it kind of came out of the blue. People weren't actually expecting this kind of news. Um, well, first
8: of all, obviously my thoughts are with the families so the girls that passed away. Um, totally. The news itself, I, I think it was something that we thought might happen. Uh, but I guess, you know, um, there's been deaths in Ironman events before y'all and after y'all and those events are continuing as in 2024 without question. So I think perhaps the issue might be the conflict between Triathlon Ireland and Ironman.
1: Is that not, um, without going into too much detail on that, is that far from resolved or sorted?
8: I, I don't believe so. I think still think there's an ongoing investigation okay. yeah. Um between them, yeah, there's just contradictory statements about what happened. On and the day, on that so.
1: basis, you think they've decided until that's resolved or put to bed, if you like, two tragedies are awful, I know, that it'd be best for them, they're saying, to take a hiatus and allow the healing to continue. I think they were the words they used.
8: Yeah, I mean, that's what I think, but I, I don't know. We're just guessing. Um, but it's just sad, even that, you know, There's been in Ironman events that are held around the world, um, a lot of towns don't like the event or find their nuisance uh, with traffic disruptions and things like that, but you all really got behind the event. It was a big boost for the town. Um I mean I, I was there in the lead up to the event doing practice swims, you know, with uh doing the route um and it's just you know tragic what happened on the day of the event then so I'm really yeah disappointed for the town. Okay you won in twenty
1: two were you participating this year?
8: Yeah I took part this year but um, pulled out with an injury Okay. Okay. But, yeah, you, okay. There okay.
1: So yeah. you observed the swim aspect yeah. of it, uh, did you?
8: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I was there, um, did the swim and the bike and pull out on the run, yeah. Okay,
1: okay, okay. Um, swim, sw- swim was but, tough. I mean, yeah, hindsight, I mean, hindsight's a wonderful thing, but would that have been the, the, the toughest swim you participated in, that leg of it? It,
8: it was tough, um, but there, there are tough swims that happen. Mm. Um, mm. You know, uh, it, it's an open water swim, it was choppy on the day. Sometimes there's river swims that are downstream and are easy. Sometimes you're swimming in a lake and it's flat calm. And this event was uh, open modern sea. Um, and yeah, it was it was choppy on the day. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, yeah. Do you 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 were telling the lads before you came on air that you're you're even skeptical about 2025? Why?
8: Um, skeptical because it's been cancelled this year. Um, uh, and if tensions remain between Ironman and Triathlon Ireland, I'm not sure they'll support the event in the next years. But I don't know. That's yeah. just my, I'm just, I don't know. I, ho- I hope, I really hope it goes ahead. My hope is that it happens in 2025, 26, 27. It gets the full support and that, um, yeah, that the people reflect a bit. And I guess there's a culture now of, you know, people getting into sport and diving straight into doing Ironman events when they're honestly crazy events. Uh, and there's no need to dive straight into something as difficult as that, you know, maybe, um, I don't know, 5K, 10K, local swimming events. Yeah, for events. God's sake, I, um, would thought,
1: I would have thought it would, be, it would be the smartest thing in the world would be to work up to an Ironman, not to go straight at the Ironman. Have, have, you, been, have you been talking to disappointed athletes and triathletes over the past 24 hours, people who are planning to make the trip?
8: Yeah um, People that have Are now Trying to figure out What to do Events wise next year It's just a shame That there's none in Ireland Happening now There was a half Ironman event That took place in Dunleary That was pulled in 2019 And now the Ironman event That's gone uh, In y'all For next year Hopefully it's back The year after But
1: yeah yeah, There's general uh, Disappointment I guess Amongst the triathlon community But I guess, yeah, what can we do? It's hard, it's hard to believe that kind of money could be generated in a, in a in a kind of a weekend like that, isn't it? 20 million euro to the local economy. People coming from I, I think, all parts of the world.
8: Yeah, and what's disappointing is how successful the event was in 2022, I guess. The positive elements that that brought to y'all, to people taking part in sport in general, and then just to see y'all in the headlines in 2023 for the yeah for what happened
1: there so it's just a shame and um, yeah Okay. All right. Look after yourself. Mind yourself. Thanks for taking the call. Uh, Disappointment for um, y'all. Disappointment for all of the triathletes. Cork County Council. Thank you. Have a good one, Chris Minturn. Cork County Council have said that they noted the decision of Ironman to take a 2024 hiatus. They said, in recognition of the significant tourism and economic importance that the event has to the region, Cork County Council has agreed to host this event again in 25, 26, 27. so if if you know these pieces of the jigsaw puzzle all need to come together uh, cork county council won't be found wanting and have already call, come out and um, you know declared that they're on board if triathlon uh, ireland and indeed ironman uh, can get to agree on whatever needs to be done for 2025 but 2024 2024- Ain't going to happen um, actually you're know, looking at uh, issues this morning um, an awful lot of problems on the roads this morning uh, don't know why um, imagine there must have been some issues with perhaps frost or, or ice in particular areas maybe it was driving conditions maybe it was dark mornings but you know, there was a very very bad crash very serious accident by Carrig Navarre this morning I think it was just one car um, there were other issues as well a bad accident out in Bale Le there was a car on its roof out in Crookstown as well another couple of cars involved uh, in an accident near the Grail Skull in Ballin College so um, a, a tough morning on our roads oh a quick shout out actually with regards to everybody heading to Parky Cueve I least said can you give a big shout out to the Boys and Girls Choir from Skull Cucker Vura in Carragh Tool and probably Clucker been- Clucker Clucker Vurra Mary's Rock I think that would be when you translate why, why are you shaking you're like getting all excited is, it your, is that your school is that your primary school was it yeah No, your, your, your mic won't work so anyway apparently Claire went to school there they're singing for the amazing children and the families in Parky Cueve today they're singing with the Cork City Hospital Children's Club today and tomorrow so well done to all uh, says Eilish give a big shout out to John Looney and everyone involved with the club so the boys and girls from Skull uh, Clucker uh, Vura in uh, Tool are singing today and tomorrow and it's going to be great for them such is the excitement text 0868104106 pick up the phone on 0818104106 we'll stay with our phones for now a lot of stuff to do this morning Mike good morning uh, good morning um, we're picking up on the 20 million that's a quote in the sun this morning 20 yeah. million estimated to the local economy
9: that's, that's an exaggeration. Ice I mean, White I. you say that? because I, I've been involved with Iron Man the last two years. Okay.
1: Okay. And do you so mind me? Familiar. Do you mind me asking in what capacity?
9: Um, well, I'd prefer not to say. But okay. In okay. a positive, in a positive way. All right, work with. Um, Man, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I'd say 20 million is exaggeration Neil, but definitely worth 10 million to the the region. I would either, say definitely.
1: either way, I wouldn't be splitting hairs between 10 and 20 million. It's 10 million or 20 million, yeah, million that won't be going to the local. Yeah, absolutely. Community.
9: It's detrimental to the town no? Absolutely. It's huge for, for you all and the surrounding. I mean, the tragedies were really sad, you know. It's a very sad thing that happened. Yeah.
1: Um, do you think, uh, do you think I, all will be good for 2025?
9: I'd love to think, you know, because we get woke out of it and all that. But I'd be apprehensive, to be honest. Very apprehensive going forward. Because if they get a new venue instead of y'all for 2024, who knows what's going to happen? And that's what they're looking for now, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Guess- this decision has been made over the last few months. This decision was made this week, I believe. This decision has been made over the last few months.
1: I, I, can't, uh, I can't talk to that. All I know is the uh, announcement yeah, was made yeah. yesterday. Yeah. Uh, they talk yeah. about further healing. I mean, we have to bear in mind that two absolutely. participants I lost mean, their absolutely.
9: lives. That's yeah. very important. It has to be respected totally for the yeah. two families, obviously, you know. Yeah. It's just a terrible tragedy for everybody.
1: Also, but it, it impacts bad. on potential jobs that won't be created down there, the likes of your good yeah. self
9: and others. Massive, massive, massive follow from this, like, you know, Massive. And it obviously doesn't really, you know, it gives uncertainty you now going forward because if they get it for twenty five, there's another three years there potentially if they get it, but it's really up in the air at the moment.
1: They it's should get. They everybody. should get it though. Chris Minturn says an awful lot of cities or towns that get Man around the world, they find it very annoying. Um, the locals or the businesses whereas you all embrace it big time
9: oh absolutely absolutely and the, the local people have really embraced it and it's a fantastic atmosphere there and a welcoming from everybody it's, it's a brilliant event like. yeah. and it doesn't get the publicity that it should get um, like we get very little from mainstream media on it and it's a huge event it's an international event it should get a lot more coverage
1: It it should because it's made for television isn't it?
9: It is. It is. Yeah. It yeah. is. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. But it's a fantastic event, and it's really sad that it's come to this, especially for you all and surroundings. And Casto huge potential in all in all positive ways. I know. I know. I know. But we got to think of the families as well. You know, as I'm like to the board families on this massive tragedy. Absolutely,
1: that's the most important yeah. thing. You know, yeah. lives absolutely. were lost. Brendan Wall and yeah. Ivan Chittenden. Okay. Yes. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. Thank Take you, care, sir. sir. Cheers, Text 086 cheers. 106. Pick up the phone on 0818. Uh, 104, 106. Um, we're going to get the thousand euro. We're very close to it now. I'd say by the time we finish this morning, we'll have a thousand euro in our GoFundMe. And I'll give you details of the GoFundMe in a second. We were looking to, um, it's another person who was in the water uh, the day before yesterday, not involved in an Ironman, saving a life, actually. Uh, William Ross from Bandon. And we spoke to a couple of the fishermen who came to the aid of the woman in the water, farid Langans and Kevin Roos. They're out. Fishing out at sea now. We've passed €1,000. Why were we looking for €1,000? And thank you to every single person who contributed. Because when William Ross and Bandon went into the water, he was the first person. He jumped in, broke the windows of the car, and got the woman out through a side window. It destroyed his mobile phone. So a texter of this program suggested, wouldn't it be a good thing to knock an old GoFundMe together to replace the phone? Uh, for the great William Ross the hero who saved the woman's life and uh, I thought it was a good idea so we did put up Catch of the Day Cork which was the GoFundMe that we put up uh, 24 hours ago uh, and at some stage overnight we passed €1,000 which was the target so that money now will go towards a brand new phone uh, for William uh, Ross from Bandon to replace the one that was destroyed when he saved that woman's life so thank you to every single person who contributed as usual on side. Uh, it doesn't surprise me.
2: Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 86
1: Red FM. Now, these are the kind of texts that make it all worthwhile. Just past the super troopers, the kids on their way uh, through Turner's Cross. Feeling very emotional, Neil. Well done to everyone involved in making memories for all of these special children. Well done, Neil. Heard it on your show. And I pulled in and waited. Flashed the lights, blew the horn and maybe even had a little cry. Got emotional. It really is a fabulous morning for of children to be spoiled and to be made feel very very special now back after 10 with lots more calls but about a week ago i got um uh, contacted by somebody who loves cork uh, really and truly as much as anyone probably more than an awful lot and that is the one and only uh, benny mccabe now he's got i don't know what 15 pubs i was trying to list them there the other day the bodega the crane lane the rising sun brewery the poor relation bdsm the Pav The Mutton Lane The Oval Chenet Arthur Maines El Phoenix The Vicarstown Inn uh, De Café Café I'm sorry I hope i pronounce pronouncing right. Arties Canties uh, And I'm probably missing other ones <laughs> I'm sure sure Benny McCabe can't even remember the amount of pubs that he has himself but anyway that's just uh, the list that I came up with but he did get in touch you know he talked about making things happen and we made everybody made it happen for the kids and, and Santa Claus and we got everything that they needed it was looking a bit dodge at one stage but everybody got it together and we got the trees and we got the bunting and we got all of the lights and we got the benches and everything for Parky Grief so all that can happen but Benny sent me the email at a time when of course there was um, uh, the sad news the very disappointing news that there would be no family switch on of the lights on Patrick Street so he uh, it's he's very optimistic and Benny McCabe is very uplifting and he's always very positive he's an optimist at heart and he says I was listening to your program but couldn't phone in as I, I live and work in the city centre but I'd like to share the following thoughts uh, for you and our fellow citizens he says and he breaks it down into different topics have I got time I'll, I'll do the best I can with it for the four or five minutes I have he says number one on the lights, incredibly." You know, Cork people voted not to have an elected mayor, even one with limited powers. If we'd elected an elected mayor and the office was up and running, then I'm sure we would have had lights turned on and family events. It's incredibly hard to keep up with the rates. The turning on of the lights brought badly needed business to the city and gave a lift to all when times were troubled. If we had a directly elected mayor, my vote would have been Roy Keane, he says. And then he says, with regards to the city itself, he breaks it down into a section called People Sleeping and Begging in Doorways. You'll find this interesting. He says there is a large organized element behind a lot of this sleeping and begging. You can see them being collected at around four or five in the morning in cars and vans. Uh, This element intimidates individual homeless people away from their choice doorways. And we must remind ourselves that these genuine cases are afraid to go into hostels. Uh, and to be bullied out of a relatively sheltered doorway by what is nothing short of organized enterprise into less public and less safe spaces is cruel and will cost lives. He's saying that those that are genuine are being bullied by those who are involved in uh, organized criminal activity. This level of organized enterprise is astonishing and would not be tolerated in any other city. Yeah, visually this is very negative and uh, i understand why people and in particular children are upset but we must deal with this head-on and get rid of organized gangs and support and build relationships with the genuinely less fortunate people we need to teach our children that those who remain are us and we are them and we are no different to those that are homeless or sleeping in doorways. so that addresses the issue of the organized and uh, those that are brought into the city almost trafficked in more ways than one they sit down and beg and then they're picked up and taken away again they should not be supported or tolerated Uh, with regards to aggressive behavior he says it's true there is at times a menacing atmosphere in the city if you don't have a thousand yard stare you'll be accosted or if you're unluckier you'll be assaulted as in caught looking at someone wrong there are two types here one is just basic scum the product of a hyper lenient court system and the guardie no longer being allowed to deliver a glorious funt up the backside when required. They're policing with one hand behind t- tied behind their back, our oh, guardie, This wokeism, to use today's understanding, uh, literally is breeding the next generation of murderers and rapists. As in, we're too soft. Uh, the second type is the addicts, and for years I had no sympathy for what used to be known as junkies, scumbags. In my ignorance, I had all the words, until one day a chance violent encounter with one of them led to a cup of tea with him and my personal journey of understanding began. I see the deep pain more clearly now, but the aggressive behaviour is not limited to Cork. It's now a feature of every city everywhere in the West. Why? The reason for this lies under our noses. One agitated yet sage addict explained to me Recently, that in a cashless society, they simply can't get their hands on money. No one has the few coins for the guy on the bridge anymore. The guy who might tell you he needs a bus fare. He needs the price of a bed. The sheer want of a fix in a cashless world has led to erratic, intimidating and violent behavior. Cashless society. No cash around. This is the key issue. And we need to adapt to this in our policing and in our services for addicts for everyone's sake. Let's get the head out of the sand. If you have any common sense at all, you know that this situation is a window into all our children's futures. There will be no freedom at all if they ban cash entirely, says Benny. On policing, and this is personal to him, he says, currently, I spend €20,000 a week on private security to allow my customers to enjoy our amenities. I estimate up to 300000 a week is spent on security in the flat of the city itself. This is a hidden tax on all of us on top of the rates. Security costs are driving businesses to the wall and there should be tax relief on this in the absence of adequate funding or adequate guardee. We complain about our streets and the guardee. Yet a part-time student bartender makes more than a young guard does. Fund the guards, let them do their job. Yes, there is a very vocal minority who always give out about doormen in Cork. However, the reality is... And it is a reality. It's the same people who get refused time after time after time. In the meantime, I always tell people I know and visitors that if they feel in danger or intimidated, seek refuge in a public house. It's always safe. In the last month, I've seen doormen save lives on the street, talking people down from bridges and even intervene to prevent Gardaí from being overwhelmed by youngsters. And they now have a de facto police force. The security in Cork. This in itself should prompt immediate action from government. Security personnel doing the job of guardie. For those of you who are raising an eyebrow, I'll put it more simply. Imagine if next week there were no doormen in the city. There are probably about 200 of them on a busy, busy given night in Cork. What do you think would happen? The movie The Purge would come to mind. In the meantime, I raise my hat to all who work in security we have the thin blue line with Angarda corner, but we also have the thin black line. We will probably only see action when a young guard is killed on the Grand Parade in broad daylight. You talked about um, mentioning the lack of public realm seating. In fact, most people won't sit on these anymore because of the general atmosphere in the city. In the absence of adequate funding for policing, we unfortunately need to remove all public realm seating because they're just staging posts and focal points behavior we're all witnessing. Instead, businesses should provide seating outside their shops so people can sit in a supervised and indeed safe way. And he goes on then to sum up, he says, the city has not become bad overnight. We have a unique set of circumstances, an underfunded guardie, a woke sense of entitlement that actually works against the future generations in the long term, and a technological revolution with the cashless society that's causing huge distress amongst traditionally docile addicts. Does someone else have to die before we act? Does does continuing not to confront the issue lead to political extremism? How much more are businesses going to burden with security costs? Um, And how much longer are organised gangs going to be allowed to fill our shop front doorways? From here to Christmas, the flat of the city needs to be a green zone of zero tolerance on the one hand and empathy on the other to get rid of the organised gangs. We must up the visual police presence on the street to deter addicts' erratic behaviour, remove all seating to stop congregation, and it's only enabling open drug dealing. Mary Elms Bridge is a prime example. We are in a time of immense change. We all know the consequences of not adapting. We all know the cork we want. Therefore, the inertia on this, to me, is astonishing, and it borders on criminal. We can, if we want, make this the best small city on the planet, and it would take very little effort. Thank you, Neil. Love the show. Yours, etc. Benny McCabe. Uh, And your thoughts on that are welcome.
2: Show Red FM. A
1: little bit of housekeeping. The Opera House curtain goes up on the 2nd of December for Jack and the Beanstalk. And Red FM are the media partners and the other sponsor is Skechers. So it runs until the 21st of January and we have family passes all this week. So, uh, cue to call. Caller 9. Uh, I'll play it a couple of times and then I'll played finally just before midday today uh, and call a nine on 0818104106 wins a family pass. There are four tickets for Jack and the Beanstalk at the Cork Opera House. So you're listening out for Nanny Nelly, right? Nanny Nelly in all her glory. Magic beans!
2: Did you ever hear
10: the likes of it?
1: Start to you looking just when you hear this? Get on the phone, right? Magic beans! Did
10: you ever hear the likes of it?
1: And another 300 euro Hanley's gift card to give away on today's show. Your opportunity to win that gift card and to head out there, but it's a friend or a family member or a group or a charity that we want you to nominate for this. Nominate someone deserving of the €300 Euro Hanley's gift card uh, and they'll get to spend it out at Hanley's at the Kinsale Road roundabout. You can't miss it. It's just completely lit up with everything Christmassy inside and out. This week I think, and it might be even today or tomorrow uh, the Fresh Christmas trees arrive at Hanley's. It was out there yesterday and it's chock full of all sorts of uh, Christmas goodies. So that's a little later on this morning. If you want to nominate somebody for that, tell us who you'd like to nominate and why and text 868 Now, just very, very quickly, he didn't ask, obviously, and he's probably mortified to know that we even did it, but William Ross... Uh, was one of those and was first in the water uh, the day before yesterday for that misfortunate woman whose car ended up in the lee Uh, and of course he jumped in, managed to smash one of the windows and got the woman out. He and two fishermen saved her life Uh, and of course in the process his phone got destroyed. it joins me by phone again. William, good morning. Don Bandonway, morning to you. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. No, listen. I just wanted to mention that somebody texted in yesterday saying it would be a good idea to put a bit of an old GoFundMe together to replace the phone. So that's exactly what we did for you. All right. <laughs> Thank you very much. We got we got we got we got a thousand euro. Um, might might climb a little bit more, but it's all yours to buy yourself a new phone. What what kind of phone do you use? I right, just have an old um, Android phone. Oh well well if it's an old Android it was probably due um, an upgrade. Yeah but yeah possibly my wife took my other upgrade so come in handy. (laughs) The upgrade That happens in my house as well. You get an upgrade and somebody always needs it more than you do. Yes, yes, yes. But this is this is yours, not the wife's. Thank you. No, it's I it's, make it's, sure of that. it's everybody saying thank you to both yourself and the two lads as well. Uh, they're off at sea, as you know, Farid Langans and That's Kevin Roos right. But there's free coffee and pints for them when they get back to port in Cork. But listen, I want to organize to get the money to you. Get yourself a brand new phone, all right?
2: Thank you very much. Thank you. There was no need.
1: Honestly. There wasn't, but it's the generosity. <laughs> what? I'm flattered. Fair play. Well, listen, you'll have a, yeah. Every time you look at that phone, it'll remind you of the heroic efforts of you and the two lads. So, congratulations! Thank you, Thank you very on much. Saving a life and get yourself a new phone and happy Christmas to you. All right. Happy Christmas to you all too. Thank oh you very God. much. Cheers. Do you don't want to... the cash machine a moment? Do you bring Did you miss it? No, I got it. <laughs> 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 I can give we, it to you if you want. That's <laughs> all right. We'll give, we'll give you. We'll give you a call just after three o'clock and you win forty grand. All right best both. You, you, you won't get any mobile phone then though. <laughs> That's all right. I'd say we live. Uh, anyway listen I'm delighted to be able to make it happen with the people of Cork. Congratulations. Uh, our money's on the way. Cheers.
2: Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you. Much. Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prenderville now on 0818104106. Red FM. I mentioned
1: an awful lot of different things in the last hour uh, and it has prompted comments on different topics uh, particularly the Dublin riots and the looting. It's a complete shambles that we're still talking about Rioters, when there's a poor child in hospital in a critical condition. Um, another person says, shut up about the rioting. Start talking about more important things like the housing crisis and the poor people freezing out in the cold. Another one, there seems to be a lot of attention on the rioting in Dublin, yet, yet the children and the whim- and the woman injured in the awful attack that prompted it and the man responsible for the attacks are hardly mentioned at all. Should that not be discussed in more detail in Dahl Aaron? Um, well, a lot of it yesterday had to do with what do you do now next with the rioters and preventing it happening again. That pretty much was the conversation in the doll yesterday. So you, you're right in that regard. Will the undocumented who are looting have their doles stopped? And I bet you won't read this text. Your station is far left. I tell you one thing, I've been called an awful lot of things in my life, but far left does not fit. <laughs> no. I mean absolutely definitely not far left um, I'm just mentioning it. anyway just wondering if the government is going to go after Elon Musk for what he said about Leo Varadkar I don't think so Conor McGregor is just saying as he finds it and now they're coming after him freedom of speech is gone in Ireland love the show says Mary Jane they're talking about Conor McGregor because they deem it to be incitement to violence and what have you uh, will the Ukrainians who are going home for Christmas still be paid their Irish social welfare payment while out of the state says Paddy uh, the answer to that would be would be yes it would be yes they are they've been told that they're allowed to leave they won't lose any of the benefits in that one or two more in relation to y'all open up the sites with mobile homes in them homes in them and allow the mobiles to be used all year round that would help the economy there are at least 400 maybe 500 mobile homes not being used i have a mobile home in one of the sites and i would use it all year round if i had the opportunity and i would spend locally i know at least 10 other people just in my site alone that would do the same same. From November to March, the sites are not accessible to the owners. That would generate revenue for you all, wouldn't it? And it's pubs and restaurants and shops. Yes, it would. Without a doubt, it certainly would. Uh, meanwhile, one of the questions that was being asked was whether or not... Um, you know, there was, an, there was a part of the conversation in the Dáil yesterday uh, where Fine Gael ministers and a junior minister were saying uh, that um, those that are found guilty, firstly, should go to jail. There should be no suspended sentences... Uh, and we'll let the courts take their course with regards to the man who was the suspect for the stabbings but that the rioters shouldn't be paid any welfare he was making the point that um, the rioters probably didn't work and most of them were in bed when the rest of the country was out working to pay taxes to pay them their social welfare and it should be stopped so somebody asked uh, by text whether or not somebody who was in jail would still be paid social welfare while in jail. Um, and the answer to that is no, uh, because to qualify for a social welfare payment, you must be um, available for work. So you can't be available for work and get a job seekers allowance if you're in jail and not available for work. So the answer to that is no, if they were in jail they wouldn't be getting a dole or payments like that while in jail. So keep them coming. Text 868 Pick up the phone on 818 And just mentioning, actually, the topic with regards to y'all, I think it's a good idea, actually, if people had access to their mobile homes all year long. It certainly would do an awful lot with regards to, um, you know, helping the local communities. But just staying with you all with the devastating news regarding uh, Triathlon and, uh, pardon me, Ironman uh, and the fact that it won't happen in 2024. Just a quick call on this. Jeremy, good morning. Good morning, dear. Thanks uh, for having me. Now, I know that there are ongoing issues between Ironman, uh, County Council, but primarily Ironman and Triathlon Ireland. And you wanted to pick up on that as being the possible reason, is it?
10: Yeah, uh, pretty much, Neil. First of all, I think that the, the Iron Man should be allowed go ahead. I think it would have been good for the people of y'all and good for everybody to have a, more of a remembrance race for the poor people who died. You know, that even going back to your last thing, everyone forgets about the poor victims, you know. and that, um,
1: Well, I mean, I have mentioned that. their name on numbers of occasions today and indeed yesterday. Oh, DDS I'm not calling
10: up to you at all. But I, mean. I just think that, that uh, for my own part, because I was there for it all, I saw it all happening and all that, I just thought to myself you know it'd be nice you know that everyone could gather in were you a spectator or
1: a or a competitor uh,
10: i I was right next to it when it all happened to me and I took videos of it all happening I was on your show that time oh I do know.
1: remember it yes I remember the videos and you were doing a commentary at the time and it was alarming to watch your footage
10: you but anyway see, that's right yeah okay yeah, I mm. kind of because the narrative was at the time that they were swimmers and they should have known their own risks and I kind of felt that was wrong and you know, I still and because of that I just felt you know that I should uh, come on about it, you Do you you think that they'd
1: they'd even struggle? You make a very interesting point that I want to pick up with you. They they might even struggle struggle for insurance or public indemnification or to get it signed off on.
10: Well, that's what I think's happened because it's very simple. Triathlon Ireland say they unsanctioned the race before the race started. And uh, Ireland said, no, he sent, us a, an, he sent us a text message after the race or an email. Now, the thing is that Triathlon Ireland have hired uh, Grant Thornton to do a, a, an in-depth review, but surely that's a simple question, you know. You just walk into the office and you say, OK, let's see the emails so And the timestamps. And the timestamp, and that will be it. But without without that... There is no insurance for Man and to be honest with you, I don't think I would be if I was in Galway, who we were meant to get it the year after. I'd be a little worried for, them,
1: for themselves as well. But do know? they even need insurance? If all of the contestants and all the competitors sign a waiver, the the insurance really would, wouldn't be required by Ironman, would it? And, and any insurance that we needed would be Cork County Council's insurance. No, no, you
10: can't sign a waiver about your own input human rights in Ireland or your own civil rights in Ireland Do you know like you can't turn to me and open a funfair and say okay if you fall off the funfair that's your problem you know,
1: so, we, yeah, you know- so even when there are signs up saying um, at your own risk they, they wouldn't hold any water in court.
10: They, they, they don't hold it. That's why we don't have any, uh, what you call it, we don't have any BMX parks and all that kind of thing. That's why the BMX park in, uh, in the Tomorrow Road is closed. Do you know that because th- th- there is an insurance thing for everything. And you can't sign away a waiver. You can't say, oh, it's your own fault so if you get up on a bicycle in the BMX court and, and you, you hurt yourself. You yeah, know, there's
1: yeah. the skate park just adjacent to Fitzgerald Park, though.
10: The, uh, f- that's a small one, then that's kind of a more controlled it's a one it's you know it's a low one and it's been used and all that and it'd be an interesting one maybe it's to do with the level of danger or something right. I, I wouldn't be certain but i I would be pretty certain you can't sign a you can't sign a waiver that uh, that indemnifies them from anything you know it'd be the same for everything so everything your point actually is, is
1: for, okay we've covered that aspect of it thank you you're yeah. saying that the good people of you all could show sorrow and respect by hosting what oh. would have been a remembrance Ironman man
10: yeah, it would have been fantastic They they could have unveiled, say, a plaque to the, in memory of the people who died And, uh, you know, everyone uh, everyone who would be there would be Ironman people themselves So they, I think they'd really appreciate it, you know Give them a moment to be kind of a, an extra
1: thing for I know the that. No, that, not, not going thing, to you know? happen though um, the, the decision's been made and now people are looking towards whether 25, 6 and 7 will happen, you know
10: well, I think that'll all come down to the simple phone call to triathlon in Ireland and just say, Come on, what what is it? Did you phone before or after? Is the how we got
1: it?" Did you it? phone before or after the the race, the race started? Yes. Yeah,
10: yeah, yeah. That yeah. was, that was, that's the claim, that's the argument that Ironman's uh, Triathlon said they did, and Ironman said, no, you didn't, it was afterwards. Okay,
1: all right, thank you for that, Germany. Appreciate, Jeremy, appreciate your uh, your contribution. Text 86 106 Talking about texting and phone numbers, you, if you listen to this uh, radio station all week long, you know that there's a big Red FM competition going on at the moment with Neville Jewellers. I was amazed, actually. Like, Neville Jewellers are just flying. They're going from strength to strength. They've got five branches in Cork now. Five of them in total. I was looking at the list of them earlier on this morning and they are well worth visiting this side of Christmas if you're getting some jewellery for a loved one. They are on Winthrop Street, Wilton Shopping Centre, Douglas Village Shopping Centre, Blackpool Shopping Centre and they're also based in Limerick. And right across this week, we've teamed up with Neville Jewellers on Red FM to give you the opportunity to win a €300 voucher just in time for Christmas every day. So if you've been listening to KC uh, and Vic on Breakfast this morning, you'll have heard the Daily Diva you're listening out for. So today's daily diva is Leona Lewis and the song is One More Sleep. So the idea is you've got to stay listening across the day because when you hear the song again, 0818 will win you a 300 euro gift voucher if you're the lucky caller. So, I could play it this morning. Kira might play it. Colin might play it on the home run on drive time. So you're listening out for that. A €300 Euro gift voucher for Neville Jewellers, a family tradition since 1971. Uh, and well worth visiting uh, this side of Christmas. So Leonel Lewis, lads, with one more sleep. Um, get on the phone pretty rapid. Back after the break, text 86 8104
2: Get it off your chest. Text The Neil Brinderville Show now. 86 Red FM. I
1: mentioned it on the air yesterday and I hear it in the news uh, at 10 o'clock there with Lana O'Connor where the uh, word is out there because um, what happened in Dublin last Thursday of course we had the stabbing of three children and a teacher um, and a man now himself in a hospital the suspect behind that Uh, we had Stephen Timoney of course attacked some months ago, the Dublin tourist in Dublin. We have no go areas of Dublin city centre and then we have the rioting and the looting uh, on Thursday night and everything that went, went that so I mentioned that that went all over the world and it dominated international news I was being sent to uh, front pages of photographs and Fox News and CNN uh, the BBC carried it it was the main story in Sky and then on top of that visitors uh, to Dublin more to the point visitors to Ireland I suppose are being put on alert now um, by their various embassies and governments the Canadians the British and the Australians amongst them um, saying you know you need to be aware of what's happening in Dublin you need to be on your guard there and even the very mention of that that by an official government, um, you know, say for instance, Department of Foreign Affairs to to its nationals, probably. Would mean that they'd be disinclined uh, to holiday in Ireland after these kind of events because it wouldn't deem to be to be safe. Don't know whether people agree with that or not. Owen Corrie is the editor of Air and Travel magazine. Let's see if he does. Owen, good morning. Oh, good morning. It's a problem. Is it a huge problem? Probably not. But the warning is gone. Is gone out there. Like um, you know, they're, they're, and, and, and people see the videos internationally and the mayhem and the rioting and the looting and the burning and the you know, attacking a guardian and Garda squad cars, why would you want to go on holidays and visit somewhere okay. like Dublin? To be,
11: to be perfectly, you know, sort of uh, removing myself from all the emotion about this. There's no shortage of that around uh, at the moment. Uh, if this happened in July or August, uh, this would be a big deal. Not many people moving this time of the year. Uh, the advisories were um, the sort of thing you don't want happening. The video footage, particularly the the burning bus and the fire, anything with fire in it, is good. Media, you, you're in media, I'm in media. We, that's what media love to put up on front but uh, of their uh, news bulletins. So it's been a bad week at the office, but if you're going to have a bad week at the office, have it in November. And I uh, the real bookings, real Starts January, February. Ireland's inbound tourism season is really about 10 weeks of next summer 2024. Yeah. Kicks into action around Patrick's Day. It'll be long past by then. But we have to be very careful. We don't see this sort of thing recurring and recurring and recurring. It's not that Ireland has a crime problem. It's not that Ireland, Dublin is an unsafe city by international standards. It's that every single time something like this happens, it chips away at your reputation. And before you, do know you it,
1: think it, Dublin? You but do you think Dublin is is a safe city? There are serious no-go zones, and you must you must be in Dublin quite a lot more than me, anyway, for sure.
11: I am really alarmed, uh, Neil, by what I've seen in Dublin. I'm really alarmed by um, the attitude of... The um, people in Dublin to allowing their city centre, particularly, and let's let's hone this down to the Temple Bar area where the uh, tourists all frequent. The attitude uh, to allow sort of capricious or casual violence, the lack of policing. The guards have a sort of a default where they arrest the person who's been assaulted rather than the person who's carrying out the assault because you know threaten to arrest them because it, you know it makes the problem go away. Uh, that's not really the guards' problem. Their fault. They are not supported in the courts, people who end up actually being con- uh, charged in the courts tend to leave with uh, with a very minor conviction or with a suspended. A suspended All of sentence. this has yeah. accrued
8: over years.
1: But you and said you're public. quoted in the mail as saying this is the first time Britain has given a warning about travel to Ireland, of uh, to Dublin, and by fault really if you like travelling and holidaying in Ireland
11: absolutely and it's, as I said in the mail it's chipping away at the reputation the Australian advisory that's very powerful most English speaking backpacker types may, you know, they will look to the Australian advice because it tends to be more um, it, it tends to be it study destinations in great detail Australians are uh, in, in voracious travellers, so that is a very damaging. The uh, UK what, did, what did
1: they, they say? Show utmost caution and vigilance on Dublin streets. Is it? Uh, they they they, yeah, they put Dublin up there
11: and they said that avoid parts of Dublin. This is a real problem, Neil. Saying avoid parts of Dublin means nothing. It's like telling us to avoid the parts of Prague or Budapest. You know, when you go into a city, you really expect the place where tourists are to be safe and to be policed properly and the vigilance levels to be high. And one of our big problems is that uh, you couldn't have picked uh, a more central location. You had Daniel O'Connell looking down, surveying the carnage all around him. And that's where, we, we, you know, if this had been uh, District 9 in Paris, for instance, which has had serious riots that went on five, six, seven nights, you know, Central Paris is unaffected. We really, really sleepwalked into this and allowed it to happen in the city centre there's as I say lots of narrative out there check out your the, whatever they call Twitter now X and you'll see all sorts of very strong opinions
2: yeah, but, but the, the reality f- the
11: hard reality is we allowed this to happen in our city centre maybe it's a small number of people uh, people from interna- my international colleagues in international media were calling on to me the following day I was repeating the story again and again it's about 200 people uh, they weren't well organised the guards took a while to be organised but when they moved they were quite effective but if you ah, have come to re- on!
1: I, mean, I, don't want, I don't want to go into reliving the night. They looked very organised to me. They were moving like swarms of ants or bees from premises to premises.
11: Okay, I, I'll finish. I'll finish this point. And come to your point. The, the point I'm finishing is if you have to explain, you're losing. You know, people aren't interested in the long-winded explanation as to, oh, this is not the sort of normal night out in Dublin. Once you have those pictures, it's a very, very big deal in international tourism. Back to the level of organisation of the rioters, uh, as you are dealing in media while I do the media while I've covered riots uh, right across the world, they tend to have a higher level of organisation. They tend to be prepared in advance. It looked uh, sporadic, uh, opportunistic, uh, the box put into the car, the car, when the, gar, the car was left open, the Lewis left there. It looked less an organized uh, riot than people just. Uh making it up as they went along. Okay, okay. Just, and, uh, okay, okay. You know, with beyond the call out in social media, there doesn't seem to be in the north. But South the image of Ireland abroad, there, is, this it. is
1: a million miles from the image of Ireland that people overseas would know and understand Oh, and
11: you've got, the, you know, the wind blowing through your hair, the cliffs of Moher, beautiful West Cork, all of those, and the, pint, the friendly chap with the, with the fiddle in the corner and yeah. the pinty Guinness. Yeah. That's what we're portraying, not burning buses. It really... It doesn't do a hell of a lot of damage unless it it happens repeatedly. As I say, uh, you know, being almost... Uh, cynical is the wrong word, but being I'm not, I'm not being blasé about it, but if it's going to happen, you want it to happen in this time of the year. But why... And why? It, I mean, I, I understand
1: happen. what you say That You don't say that in an unkind way or a flippant way, but people would be... I mean, I have no particular skin in the game here. It's the restaurants and the bars and the hotels and the tourist attractions um, that you'd be wondering and worrying for them. But people book... And plan holidays now, don't they? This is the time when they're planning next year's holidays.
11: Uh, the big rush is, is post Christmas. The hardcore guys tend to be moving before Christmas. Booking patterns, uh, interestingly enough, for November very very strong compared with previous years. It's sort of a post pandemic thing. November would and December would have been really quiet. People have their eyes on Christmas. Um, it, it's been a little bit stronger, but the the mass of bookings comes uh, in January. Neil, about thirty percent of the overall bookings would fit into that month. Now that pattern might be changing a little bit, but really. There is another. Going to, there is going to be another circus act in town. It's not good, by the way. The levels of um, violence that we're seeing, uh, uh, you know, uh, in other cities as well, and the conflict in Gaza, Israel, is certainly going to make uh, it very hard to get Americans to move to anywhere in Europe next year. So we've all of those problems yeah, okay. without lumping mm-hmm. this self, self-inflicted one right upon
1: ourselves. Would this be the very first? Time, I mean, we were just chatting earlier on this morning. Is this the first time there was any kind of a warning at all? by the UK about Ireland yeah, very or, or, first or was time there UK, one w- was Australia. there was there never any warnings about people travelling from the UK to Ireland during the Troubles, for instance. No, nothing like that? Uh,
11: yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there was a sort of a very uh, anti you know, travel to Ireland during the Troubles among UK was sort of very very difficult thing to sell. I know a lot of people who worked for Bart Fulch in London at the time it, the real, there was no the system didn't have travel advisories. They're quite a new thing and they tend to be government advice and where they really impact is on travel insurance. Let's say you go into the Department of Foreign Affairs at the moment and it's a big deal that it tells you you can't go to Lebanon because your uh, travel insurance doesn't apply or Israel Um, and there's only about 20 countries on that place but they're, they're, they're a new thing in the, during the troubles, uh, the tourism numbers into Ireland um, were, were the total tourism numbers into Ireland were well short of two million, about one and a half million all through the troubles. They were four million from Britain alone since the troubles ended. It wasn't a thing then, but there certainly uh, that there was no um questioned that there was a huge problem getting English people to travel to Ireland at that stage. The Australians have issued an advisory against us before, and America famously did last the beginning of last summer. Interestingly enough, they've never raised a level. And that's where, you know, you sort of say, oh, be careful in the city, uh, adv- uh, apply normal precautions, all of that. There's trouble here. that that seems to be recurring more and more and more rather than a general one against the country. It's not
1: not a kind of a red warning, don't travel. It's not a red
11: warning. It didn't raise the level. We're level one almost everywhere around the world. Uh, Don't go around with your your wallet
1: sticking out of your pocket. But you'd say the Uh, same about that in Barcelona, walking down the Ramblas kind
11: of thing. I think we'd we'd have a higher reputation than uh, Barcelona. But, you know, are we... Uh, Are we are we in Division One of safety, which is where we want to be and where we should be, because we don't really have that sort of uh, endemic uh, violence that some of the other countries go uh, go to. True enough. The the level was not raised, Neil. That's a very important thing. But as I said, uh, don't allow our reputation. Your reputation is really hard won and very easily lost. True enough. True enough. Don't allow them to chip
1: away at us. So, so I heard something very interesting last week. You we talked to a travel agent. Um, I don't know if this is because of Biden or what have you. Uh, that if you, if you go on your holidays now to Cuba, right, and you ever want to go to America, you have to destroy your passport and get a new passport after you travel to Cuba, isn't? Didn't you hear that? That's the most bizarre thing,
11: isn't it? Uh, okay, it's, it's a little bit different from that. The what America has a list of countries that if you've been to, you cannot get the ESTA, the visa waiver. They added Cuba to that last year, and it was done very quietly. Not many headlines about it, but it caused havoc because a lot of people, uh, Irish people, uh, would go to Cuba and then uh, you know go away for a week and to America and be found at the, at the airport it's not that you're not allowed in but you have to get a visa now they treat it the same as if you've just been to Sudan or North Korea or Iran why? what's um, the big
1: deal? is there a Russian worry in Cuba or something? no it's a, um, again let's be uh,
11: cynical and say it's the miami lobby uh have uh, are pushing uh the us government to uh sanction cuba in every single way possible and that's really it's been it's one of the things they did to satisfy uh, the Miami lobby that uh, they were doing this to make life difficult for Cuba to hurt their economy if you travel to Cuba now you need a visa to go into America and the
1: Miami lobby being who?
11: Uh, they're, they're generally they ex-pats and it's a, it's a long time ago since uh, Fidel came down from the mountains and set up in Havana but they tend to be ter- they can be third and fourth generation and they're quite um, vehemently anti-Cuba you know they're, they're, ah, probably they're they have people a lobby that poverty. are listened
1: to then in America yeah yeah yeah
11: pretty yeah, powerful yeah. pretty powerful within Florida pretty powerful internationally uh, America's sanctions against Cuba are quite draconian so if you're and, an Irish person uh,
1: that went to Cuba on your holiday and then we need a on, visa for America. We have to get a visa. Or, or, yeah, you, yeah, you know, we go online, we pay $15, we get
11: an ESTA, we file it for two years. It, the process takes maybe a few hours very convenient uh, for anyone that uh, you're probably old enough I certainly am to remember people queuing at the American Embassy to get visas, yeah, travel even yeah, for holidays. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a very it makes travel to and from the states uh, almost like getting on a bus and uh, that's grand unless you've been to a select number of countries and there's about 12 or 13 of them Cuba has been added to okay. that. When, 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 big, one way, final... big way in by the way is, is through Canada. You don't need Canada Canada's no problem with you and a lot of Cuban um, you know, people we're going to Cuba, we go through Toronto. The other ways in are um, Iberia, Madrid, and uh, Charles de Gaulle, Paris, very good services, yeah. not just to Havana. Sound, but making but, uh, people sound yeah, as, as if they're fugitives
1: the trying to get into America by a back door or something, I know to uh, uh, me.
11: No, no, it's a problem. Other countries, I mean, a, a lot of people don't like an Israeli pa- stamp on your passport. Uh, it's it, When you travel massively internationally, as I do, it's something that you become aware of, what stamps they have in your passport, what shows up in your record when you go to an immigration desk, because they have all the information where you've flown and you don't mess with immigration authorities no matter how uh, strong your case is you end up arguing with somebody at a, at a booth it's not what you want You
1: haven't a hope of winning that argument not You just that. have not a hope You might get away with it with Canadians but not with and, the Americans <laughs> but not with the Americans so A
11: lot of as I as I want to put it a lot of uh, a concentration of not novel lot of power and an incomplete high school education <laughs> Not a good
1: not a good combination <laughs> you, you said that <laughs> <laughs> I'm flying to New I'm flying to New York on Saturday. I want to disassociate no, 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 myself from that <laughs> remark.
11: If any American CBP people are listening, I'm not referring to you, actually. I'm you're referring to a, an obscure republic familiar. somewhere
1: in Central America. Yes, yeah, that yeah. sounds like America, but it isn't America. Uh, just <laughs> one quick America. question for somebody who's Could very... I say
11: that? I didn't say that. No, so. you
1: didn't, no. <laughs> uh, just a very quick question for somebody who's actually travelling for a wedding. They say, can yes. I ask Owen Corey, what? when is the best time to book flights to America? Family of four f- going for a family wedding in New Jersey the end of June next year. They say it's very expensive at the moment, €800 euro return each. Would they be, it's not until June. Would they be better waiting till I don't know, March or April? No. Or what do you okay. think? Uh, America
11: is interesting because there's a couple of new players in the market. JetBlue have started the service. So I would see a little bit of price stuff happening next year, particularly if the Americans don't uh, book. It's a, it's like uh, when do you put the bet on the horse? Is it going to be anti-post or when the race begins? The reality is that January is usually a good sale month, sales month. You see good uh, Erlinga sales. I mean, Erlinga's had Black Friday sales this weekend. The real problem with the, um, the uh, January sales sometimes starts December, but British Airways will be starting their sale in about two weeks' time. But they tend to exclude uh, the high p- peak season months. That's down in the small print at the bottom, um, June, July, August. So, 800 ain't the worst price I've heard worse. Uh, I would say just give it a few more weeks, see if something shows up in the sales. Um, but it's, it is a gamble.
1: Okay. Very finally, let you go. I was reading the papers yesterday. There was a transatlantic flight this week that flew all the way to America on used cooking oil. Do you see that? I wash.
11: It's all I wash. The, what do you mean um, it didn't
1: fly on cooking oil though? No. Uh,
11: no. Uh, <laughs> it, it, what, what's called sustainable aviation fuel which is made from cooking oil um, is, not, is not available. It, you know, if, less, if, if all the sustainable aviation fuel in the world was bought by Ryanair it would still, uh, still fuel less than 1% of their entire flights. <laughs> okay. It's a great idea Uh, It's just that you can't get it for love nor money. You need full-scale agricultural production of corn crops, things like that being uh, being diverted to sustainable aviation fuel before we get even started on it being a real... Um, a real alternative. It's a good stunt by Virgin Atlantic and they were right. They flew on um, sustainable aviation fuel but all the other flights this week are going to be on the traditional. It was just, it was just the, the one. The reality is uh, you know, you won't you won't see lorries going around with sustainable aviation fuel on but it gets mixed into uh, the other stuff and it's going to be a while before it, it's it's a contributor to aviation's goal of
1: net zero uh, by 2050. But you want really a, You want big huge airplanes with massive solar panels on them, don't you? You're, you're, you're going to be Running on
11: hydrogen, hydrogen is very unstable. As anybody uh, did, uh, doing their junior science next year will know, um, the reality is that that's where uh, when we get a, when we get into a position where they can f- run on hydrogen, it, we have a net zero aviation industry. Uh, we're a little bit off that at the moment. Uh, G- G- Gulf flew transatlantic last week on uh, uh, sustainable aviation fuel, and an A three hundred and eighty took off completely sustainable aviation fuel with uh, with uh, Eddie during the week uh, but I was I was fascinated by the amount of publicity virgin uh, generated by this yeah so what it proved is um, they're not they're not going to be running on 100% staff anytime soon but they're great
1: at 100% uh, publicity machines publicity and you can't beat the bit of publicity alright we, when we get going we really get going I'll let you go and thanks for taking the call Neil, it's
11: always a great pleasure cheers Thank take care
1: Savon Curry, editor of Air and Travel magazine well worth following that guy Jerry. good morning
4: in relation to all the totally, yeah, because we that's violence. where I started
1: with Ongarry. The message gone out internationally because yeah. of the violence. Our country,
4: our country has been disgraced by a handful of people, right? Yeah. Now it cost it cost over hundred thousand to keep a prisoner in jail in Ireland. It right? does.
1: Yeah,
4: it does. Uh, there is a very simple old solution to the problem do-gooders won't like it they'll be jumping up and down they might jump up and down in Europe right but I propose bring back public flogging flogging did you say flogging cat and nine tails yes yes whipping what? and wouldn't that solve the problem and then if the farmers deport them and stamp the passport bad for life from Ireland problem solved no no custody the
1: yeah, I don't know about um, I don't know about uh, inflicting pain. That's a completely I mean, d- d- many I of those uh, many of those on, did. Hold on, hold on. What
4: about the pain those poor children are suffering? Look at the pain their, their parents are suffering. My God above, what what's going on in this country? Like and we turn into a sissy nanny state.
1: So if it was flogging, why would it have to be in public for the gratuity of the people who are watching? Is it?
4: Yes, and the shame I... on the people who who the offences. I I'm not so sure
1: that an awful lot of, I'm not so sure that a lot of people will want to go along and witness public flogging, would
4: they? Well, I would. I
1: I do the flogging. Oh, you would do I'd it.
4: Be, I would. I'd be delighted to do it.
1: And have you have you any examples of where this actually caught on and criminality plummeted? Because well, of I
4: flooding. was in, I was I was in Jersey a number of years ago, Neil. Right? The and island of Jersey whole, is it? Yeah, look okay. beautiful place. And I was having a, having a coffee and I was talking to this man over there one day, and I said how great and how peaceful the place is and how clean and everything it is, right? And he said, well over here he says to cast of nine tails and he said once they get that you'll never see the same arse twice <laughs> <Did he say? laughs>
1: right when, was, when, true. when it was in the 80s though do they still publicly flog people on the island of Jersey
4: today I don't know I, have, I wish I could go back there again because it's a beautiful place and, and a very peaceful place
1: so a public I mean, flogging would save us a 100 grand a year keeping a a prisoner, prisoner yeah. yeah, how many how many people are in jail at the moment? Well, all I know is they're full, and we need
4: more of them. <laughs> we don't need more of them. We need to bring back to the public. Listen, putting these people into jail is like putting them in the holiday camp, right? Does not have we we had hard labour years ago. We used we saw mail bags and stuff like that, right? Mm. So I mean, for for the for the scumbag, right? Yeah, there's a grand place to go, especially for the winter. Okay. On welfare, well getting it news. Let's see, let's see if just let's just see a, how a, many no, people no,
1: agree no. with your proposal. I mean, we, there are countries, unfortunately, where human rights are rather on the back foot there and disregarded. And these countries not only engage in public flogging, but they would cut the hand off you for thievery, right? They right. stone yeah. you for adultery. Um, they yeah. uh, obviously you would get the death sentence if you were a, a rapist. That's that's a yeah. step too far, though. Surely be to God, but flogging why? is
4: why is it? Uh, that's why we're flogging them. No, I'm saying, I'm saying no, see, I'm not saying public
1: mean... flogging is is a step too far. I'm saying the other alternative. Oh yes, all um, right,
4: sentences. okay, fair enough. But like you see, these these people, they thrive on on criminality, right? Or countries over run with drugs. They're in every nook and cranny in the country. Right. And I don't know if you remember okay. Barry Galvin being on the late, late Show a number of years ago with gave 1. He warned and he said on the show, this country is going to be awash with drugs in a few years. He was the boss of CAB. He rate. was
1: also the state solicitor for Cork. An incre- uh An, an, a, an incredibly, uh, incredibly... Uh, yeah. An incredibly yeah. well-versed man. Yeah, he knew his stuff, yes. and he was the man yeah. behind bringing in uh, the cab controls, where we were able to go after the criminals' yeah. bank yeah. accounts and their <laughs> assets. Listen, just for the record, the last birching sentence—the birch yeah. they used the birch in Jersey—was carried out in 1966. Uh, But the actual abolition of it, uh, the birching was abolished in the. Sorry. The last birching in Jersey was in 1966, and the last birching in the Isle of Man was in 1993. Um, Mm. So uh, it's been a long time since either or both flogged people with the birch or the cat and tails. Yeah, well, we don't have to bring. We'll throw
4: up and be wrong with bringing them back.
1: Oh, I,
4: mean, like,
1: I mean, put it to Helen. <laughs> See, Mac, put it to Helen put Macinty, She might be up for the idea. I don't know. Well,
4: she might be up for something anyway because the country is going to wreck and ruin. Okay. I mean, I I'm no old fashioneder, but I I remember when I was young fellow growing up. If a person was lucky to have a car, they could leave the keys in the car all night.
1: You could leave your door open. Leave the keys you in the can door. You, yeah. can leave,
4: you, can you leave, leave the keys can on a string inside
1: the letterbox. All, all right, one hundred percent.
4: Yes, and like we do, we very little.
1: Uh, okay, there don't are no, there are numerous, numerous countries here. I see twenty-six on the screen already, and there's probably even more. I think it's like more likely to be about twenty-eight or thirty of them where they do allow some form of uh, corporal punishment involving caning the buttocks. Uh, or whipping yeah. or strapping, and there are ma- because... Mal- Mal- Malaysia. Um, there's a criminal yeah. law against men. Cane on your bare buttocks, um, uh, and but it's not public. I don't think they do it in public. A cane oh, or a strap, even
4: if it wasn't in public need. Right, let it be. Pakistan. Let it be. Let it be in the uh, barracks or
1: somewhere. Pakistan or do Pakistan do caning for men and boys, but it's 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 not on the bare bum. It's through through clothes. They do it in public. Um, yeah, I
4: maybe rubbing a bit of salt in the wounds are rashes.
1: Saudi Arabia has whipping, uh, or at least it did. I don't know whether it does anymore. Uh, some people have also had their hands amputated it's a bit extreme uh, um, um, in Somalia men and women are caned in uh, right. let me look at one or two other ones here uh, Tanzania men and boys caned on the bare buttocks no, very few of them seem to do it in public anymore no don't so. anyway well, it,
4: it's, 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 uh, it
1: wouldn't have to be in public but once, once
4: they get it, it, won't, it won't, okay it let's put be. it let's
1: put it to people that if there was some kind maybe not in public but if there was flogging you'd find yeah. the jails emptying, emptying very quickly all right
4: you would, and right. you save the government. We would have a lot ahead of hundreds of millions. Okay, let's see
1: what people think. All right, appreciate it. As always, much obliged. Mad keen to talk to people on this program. Pick up the phone 04 106 Do you agree or disagree with Jerry? Text 0868104106.
2: Now. Show Red FM.
1: Don't forget more family passes between now and midday. Family passes mean four tickets uh, for Jack and the Beanstalk uh, right across the week. Uh, Jack and the Beanstalk is the pantomime at uh, Cork Opera House and curtains up December 2nd and runs till January 21st. Lots of matinees and lots of nighttime performances. Uh, we're the media partners. Um, it's also sponsored by Sketchers. So it's a giant panto full of fee-fi-fo fun if you like uh, and we have family passes to give away what you're listening out for is this cue to call don't call until you hear hang on a second now let me just get it ready and get it sorted for you I so when mean, you hear this not now but again that's the time to open the phone
10: Magic Beans can you can't ever hear the likes of
1: it? Okay, caller 9 on 0818104 106 wins that one and more 300 euro gift cards for Hanley's to give away Hanley's of course uh, making Christmas really special and they're chock full of everything and anything you'll need for Christmas both indoors and outdoors. They've got loads and loads of Christmas lighting of all shapes and sizes not just for the tree but for over the mantelpiece. They've got garlands they've got all sorts of baubles and decorations and of course the real Christmas trees arrive also this week further details at henleys.com so 300 euro vouchers we need you to nominate a family member a friend a group or a charity or a buddy um, and uh, tell us why they should win it uh, by text text six eight one you you're nominating somebody for the 300 euro henleys gift card so good luck with that okay back to the phone lines we go busy morning this morning uh, pat in tips been holding for way too long. My apologies for that. Pat, good morning. Good morning, Neil. So rather than reading out a lengthy text, it's better to chat. So thank you for taking the call. Go ahead. Um, basically,
12: I have a problem there with the language used in relation to the riot there in Dublin. Um, they're using the, and p- categorizing these people as fair left, and as you know from your program, our right. fair right, sorry, as you know from your, your program there, anybody that protests in any way, even outside um, centres there, and things are all put into the category of fair right. Now, we had decent people as well within Ross were. Uh, concerned about uh, their um, um, nursing home being turned into a direct provision centre and they had genuine concerns there and they're put into this same part as being fair right. So like what we had in Dublin was pure and utter tokes and nothing more and nothing less, and my heart goes out for the girls that had to try and deal with them. Most of what we're dealing with there, and we saw them, and they're totally out of control, and a lot of it, there's some of them even with, on drugs, and they don't even realise what they were doing. Yeah. So, like, for for somebody to categorise them and put them into a, t- a category, a far right, uh, this is disrespectful.
1: Uh, I think some of the terminology was fueled by the far right. Well, maybe fueled
12: and maybe they're using this and all these protests, even the one in Rosslayer, I'll guarantee you there'll be some of the media will say, oh, this was fueled by the fair right. They're putting down this fair right and they're putting down where decent people stand up for their rights. The, some of the media, I'm not saying yourselves, yourselves and local radio stations uh, say this as it is, but unfortunately the mainstream media at times actually put these people into this okay. category. Okay. So like what happened in Dublin and it spoke about it earlier, the reputational damage that was done to Dublin uh, was unbelievable. Now that, there, a lot of things were said that this was unavoidable. We didn't know it was going to happen. There was, Vincent Jennings... People don't
1: like to have to see Gardaí with plastic shields moving backwards away from the riders. The riders... The cora- cora- Kung Fu kicking the plastic the plastic shields and the guards in defensive mode. They They want the guards to have proper powers to be able to... We now, didn't. the proper power is the guy I talked
12: in a minute, but Vincent Jennings was basically saying there on Morning Ireland the other morning there uh, that they were highlighting issues there with guards over the years in relation to the inner city and uh, problems with with traders. Now, they, they said to Angarda Shia Khan at the time there's a, a system working in the north of Ireland where they interact with all the other the agencies and it's working quite well. Now, what they heard from Angarda Shia Khan down here, oh no, we can't do anything. About that, with GDPR or whatever. So they were basically shut down. Now, what came up in the media as well in relation.
1: No, I you, my, my point was people want to give the the real powers. Well, real
12: powers, in a sense, I believe, and it's often said there that the guards have the powers and they ha- they need to use them. Now, where I have a problem with this, and they're talking about um, you know more heavy-handedness, is how far do we go? Like there was a, a person. But you don't have to the, worry
1: about it if you don't break the law.
12: Well, breaking the, the breaking the law, is. You, you, I could say to you in the morning, there's a baton now, and I want you to go out and use it. Now, you could use it in a different way than I can use it, because I'm not into violence in any form of, or shape. I'm more of a person that wants to deal in a dim, uh, more democratic way of dealing with the thing, uh, 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 for instance, uh, giving more powers to our justice system, getting a justice system that's going to work. Yeah, do getting that as well, though, absolutely. In the
1: guards. Give a smack of a baton. Ever, a smack of a baton or a taste of the old tear gas well, or a that taser.
12: Is, I, 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 I'm Off the like, court, like no suspended sentence. gone. Now some of the couriers that were there and that's what they were, a, a belt of a baton mightn't do any harm to them. But like in all honesty um, the guards say at times their hands are tied, the courts are not dealing with these. They, what came out in the media there uh, in relation to this riot is these were known criminals to the gardy. This is uh, them, for the gardy well, yeah. to see these known criminals bringing our city to the state it was in. Now in fairness, the Gardaí are trying to do the best they can, but unfortunately the justice system needs total reform and we need to start dealing and okay. we need to start making our streets safe and we need to start building up the okay. reputation of this country that we have. we talk and we have these meetings and we have these seminars in relation to promoting Ireland. This, did, this is as, as undone all
1: Okay. The the rest of your the rest of your text, I'm assuming that's all yours as well, is it? Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. Where, where you just say where you describe yourself as maybe a traditionalist or a Christian in a non Christian country? Uh, where multiculturalism doesn't work uh, that we're losing our own identity to others do you stand over all of that?
12: We do because as I said what we're happening now and it's, it's, it's disheartening there, um, we hear all the political and we hear even it was on the media there last night there's people in tents now we need to find accommodation before the end of the week for these. Now we have our own um, and there's no mention in the media that we need to feel, find accommodation for our own. Now what disheartens me is when I I even go to the likes of Dublin and I see young people inside and doorways sleeping there and uh, inside and doorways and nobody but nobody in the media or across in in any form has to say we need to get a a place for them now before the end of the week. So like we're actually um, putting our own to one side and the emphasis are on these people. Now I don't know where this is all coming from or what's driving this but even from uh, people working in health Housing within council. People don't realise the, the amount of hours that they're expected to work to come up with houses for these people that are coming into this country. But that person in the doorway, do you think there's I mean, anyone... Okay. Pressurising the council but to how come
1: a house for them. No, no, they don't. How could you be Christian in a Christian country with Christian morals if you're saying, um, you know, that uh, multiculturalism? Christianity the, has gone out of this
12: country. There's no Christianity. We, the church, has lost its way. We have lost the country that we What's tried an to example? Build but what's an example
1: have, of that? Christmas is it? D- what? Christmas. The well, I, what of the I birth see of is Jesus. the church
12: has lost its way and everything. So, we, when I grown up, there was three pillars of society: there was the priest, there was our politician, and there was our guard. And on that, we had each one of them platforms built that secure country that we could all live and b- blend in and but the
1: only one of three the only three one of those three that didn't come in for serious scrutiny and huge amounts of criticism politicians who people don't believe and unfortunately way too many clerics who were found to be very wanting in their behavior but the guardi, just soldier on they just get on with it they go to work they try and do the best they can in a country that's just gone to rack and ruin
12: but you see, the other two has has destroyed and uh, The the, the other two are interfering on a daily basis uh, and preventing Gardy from doing their job and that's what's some of it. Now, even in relation sure. to it? even in relation to them gurriers that were in there, you'll find that the other two were part and parcel of this, of, of them gurriers within there and living in there and creating this havoc. So what we have in this country is when anything happens or when anybody stands up to these gurries We'll have the other two will kick in. The we'll church. Have The church saying, "Oh, this person is this, that, and the other," and they'll get involved in things where they shouldn't get involved. And you'll have the politician thinking, "Well, there's fifteen kids in that family. I have fifteen votes. I'll get involved in that." So the guard is left in so the tugs situation that is dealing don't, with this. don't
1: vote. Who? They don't vote, thugs. Sure well, I've like said um,
12: politicians are of the belief that they vote because they seem to be getting them houses and they seem to be getting them flats and they all seem right. to be getting them everything.
1: OK, all right. Much obliged, as always. Text 0868 <laughs> Don't give up my details. Very disappointed that every day on the news the Brazilian hero is highlighted, but yet Warren... Uh, nor the French boy nor the woman that disarmed the attacker are never spoken about. They don't seem to be getting any appreciation for their actions on the day that could possibly have saved many lives. I don't want to be associated with the far right uh, but I have several friends and family members of different nationalities and that's reference to the French teenager Alain Lorraine Guille who knocked the knife from the attacker's hand, Warren Donahue, who tackled the attacker to the ground and pinned him to the floor so he couldn't cause any more harm until the guardie arrived, and Siobhan Carney, who assisted also in taking down the attacker. Uh, this riot that happened has been bu- building for years due to crime and lack of Garda presence. There was a massive vote against the Commissioner and the guardies, so the message was very clear. We have a part-time Minister for Justice for two years in one of the most important offices in the country whose main interest is hate legislation which needs to be very carefully done, says Anthony. Uh, do you know that if a Ukrainian here under refugee status carries out a crime, they cannot be deported under the current rules, says Paddy. I did not know that, but thank Thank you for it. And on public flogging a thought before 11 that man makes more sense than any of our public bodies. Bring back flogging uh, no need for imprisonment anymore it'd be way cheaper than 100 grand a year to keep a prisoner in jail. That guy is talking through his arse. It's the Isle of Man that they that they have the birch. Not the cat of 9 tails He hasn't a clue. Well between the Isle of Man and Jersey they certainly did, impact, they certainly did impose some pain and suffering on the backside for a long period of time. Um, uh, da, da, da. When the adulteress, when the adulteress that was to be stoned came across Jesus, he said, let he without sin cast the first stone. That's um, a, a reference to the Bible and uh, whether or not we should have whipping or flogging uh, that we're all sinners at the end of the day. Uh, put them out to clean the streets, cut back the ditches, repair the roads and clean out our council buildings. Give them a trade in rebuilding derelict buildings. Um, they'll have a sense of what it's like to work hard and they'll know what pride feels like when they do the work uniform them up and send prisoners out to work and a final one, I'm all for flogging offenders and building jails, not hotels but these punks in them, it's been years since we had any deterrent to crime in this country, why are the judiciary and the legislature surprised at where we find ourselves today so keep those texts coming, text 0868104106 Every day this week, a 300 euro gift voucher for Neville Jewelers to give away. Family traditions since 1971. You're listening out, of course, for the song that's first played on breakfast and then a song gets replayed somewhere across the day. It's the Daily Diva. And it was Leona Lewis with her song, One More Sleep. There's a little more than One More Sleep to Christmas. But we get the idea. We get the general gist of it. Let's see if we can brighten up the life of Eileen a- from Liam Lara. Eileen, good morning.
7: Hi, Neil. How are you?
1: Eileen, what? What? Barry. Well done. Fair play to you. A €300 Euro gift voucher for Neville Jewelers. You'll be spoiled for choice. They've got about five different shops and five different branches. I think there's a birthday in the offing, is there?
13: There is, it's my birthday on Friday, and my daughter Emma will be sweet
7: 16 on the third Sunday.
1: 3rd of January, 3rd of December, is it? December, yes, yeah. All right, I think that maybe for both of your birthdays, maybe um, a locket each, what do you think? I don't know, might be an idea. Fabulous, fabulous, yes, be lovely. Sweet 16 for your daughter, and sweet who knows what for you. (laughs) Oh, I've. (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's a secret. No, he was old now for that. <laughs> oh, listen, don't worry about it. Happy Christmas to the both of you. A €300 Euro new, voucher Neil. for Neville Jewellers. Well done. Thanks for listening. That's
7: great. Thank you very much.
1: All the best.
13: Thanks, Neil. Take happy care. Christmas. Bye-bye, Bye. you too.
1: Listen, uh, it's going to be a busy uh, half hour. So, uh, Father Brian Darcy popping in this morning. He's down in Cork doing a few different things today. And when I heard he was down, I said, come on out for 10 minutes, for 15 minutes, we'll have a chat. He's down signing copies of uh, his new book. And also, I think he's doing a prereq with uh, Maura and Dahi, for the Today Show. I just want to get his, uh, his, his input and his wisdom on a couple of topics considering the world that we're living in now. But we are continuing the countdown to Christmas as I say and it's your opportunity to win all sorts of wonderful things and sometime between now and midday we will have a 300 euro Hanley's gift card to give away for Hanley's of Cork. their wonderful, wonderful Christmas shop and all of the staff out there doing wonderful work uh, and everything anything you need for Christmas and as well as that we've got panto tickets for, oh yes we have uh, for the Cork Opera House and Jack and the Beanstalk just a couple of calls then as we're tipping along nicely with regards to our 300 euro gift card for Hanley's I'm asking you to nominate somebody that thinks that should actually win the gift card so Joy is standing by in Mallow but first up Jennifer and Balancholy good morning Hi Neil, how are you? I'm good thanks for asking uh, who would you nominate and why?
6: I would like to nominate my dad, Jack um, Because, well, we'd be lost about him, really uh, He is always helping everyone as much as he can He's so good He helps his neighbours do their gardening um, You know, he's always fixing roof cars for anyone He's always at the end of the phone That's a bad and
1: habit he's got into, you know Because if, if, neighbor, if, if the neighbours know he's there to do it They're less inclined to do it themselves <laughs> <laughs> I don't That's have to cut his- the grass Your Jack will do it when he sees it growing Jack
6: will do it <laughs> um, and I suppose just for myself as well because I'm a single parent and you know we'd be lost out. my son is 16 and they're the best of friends so um, yeah he's just we, we, he's, he's our hero I'd say um, it
1: doesn't bother him in the slightest <laughs> because I can't wait to be if I'm ever blessed with grandchildren I think I'll go running at it all excited and I'm sure your dad does yeah. as well
6: Absolutely, and he, he's getting radiation at the moment, so it's a bit of a, a dancer oh, this Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. So Sounds to me as if Christmas. he's a fighter, though. Oh, my God, no better man, absolutely. I know,
1: I know, I know, I know. So Christmas will be special, I suppose, in the sense that uh, you'll all be together, I hope, yeah?
6: Oh, definitely. Definitely, we'll and be celebrating now this year.
1: A big Christmas dinner?
6: Oh, God, yeah, all the trimmings.
1: <laughs> okay well hang in there and we'll see how we can do what we do Let's get another couple of calls on the air A lot of it has to do with dads and mams And why wouldn't it be? Joy, good morning
7: Hi Neil, how are you? Neither
1: a dad nor a mam but an Auntie Anne, is it?
7: It is, my Auntie Anne She's just an incredible, incredible person She she is um, an aunt, a grand aunt, a granny A friend, um, you name it And she's just the glue that holds us all together if there's any problems in our life if there's any issues, she's the go-to she's full of knowledge, full of wisdom and we just adore her and I just feel, especially with Christmas around the corner, God love her, she had um, a passing of her son about a year Isn't ago. Isn't that so tragic, it's an awful Yeah thing. it is, it is, it was an unexpected um, event that happened and it was late August so as you can imagine the, that Christmas wasn't it wasn't great for the family I so
1: hope she has a better just, one this year
7: they, that's my thoughts exactly. And when I heard that the competition was on, I said, "You know what? There's no harm to nominate her. She does more than enough for everyone else." And I just felt that this was the time that I could maybe, perhaps, bring a little happiness to her and I her family's what you're life saying. as I
1: well. Just saying. Well, what's her name? Did you say Anne Johnson?
7: Anne, Anne Johnson. Yeah.
1: Wonderful woman. I hope that she's um, managing to cope with that tragic loss. Stay listening, Joy. Yeah. Please do. I'm going to read out a couple of texts and do another few. Three hundred euro Henley's gift cards. You can nominate who you want to win them. Dimpness says, the oncology GB ward at the Cork University Hospital last year we, the Murphy Buckley family lost our beautiful nephew, grandson, brother and son to cancer. Knowing what the staff do for the wards and the family I'd love to nominate them. The ward never closes. Wouldn't it be nice to decorate the ward for those who will spend Christmas in hospital and their families? I think that is a fabulous suggestion myself. Helen, my sister-in-law Noreen, for a 300 euro Hanley's voucher. She lost everything in the flooding in Middleton. It would give such a boost. She lost her apartment, she was only in it for 12 months. She's now living with her aunt and looking every day for some apartment to start all over again. Oh my God, the texts and the calls, they're all so very strong. It would be hard to pick one of them. Stephen says, I'd love to give the voucher to my best friend Ross and his partner Amy. They've had a tough year this year with Ross suffering a collapsed lung, hospitalised for weeks and out of work. They love Christmas, but they aren't feeling the love this year because everything is such a struggle. And that's from Stephen. Another one, uh, my, uh, my mum She adores Christmas. She does so much for myself, my kids and my sister. She's caring for my stepdad who's had many brain tumours and so deserving of a wonderful Christmas. And Christmas decorations would be a wonderful thing. Uh, My mamma Catherine Walsh. She goes above and beyond for me and my son. I'm raising him alone and I wouldn't be able to do that without my mother's input, says Tracy. And Caroline says, my cousin, uh, she's always running around for my grandmother, my mother and the neighbours. Whenever they need anything, they ring her. She can get anything done. She never says no. Uh, she was at my house last night saying how nice my Christmas ornaments were um, I actually bought them all in Hanley's, I'd love her to win the voucher so she can go out and buy as well uh, let me just, just another one here I'm not, I'm not going to be able to choose them today they're all very, very good I have to say uh, Deck. good morning Hi, how are you doing? Alright, let's just do one more call, tell me who you'd nominate and why
0: So I'd like to nominate my girlfriend, Kathy. Um yeah. So basically We decorated the tree About a week ago And Lights blew up um, So she took them all down All the bobbles down The lights uh, blew up? Like, well I mean They just went Sorry
1: Okay Okay They were like so, didn't, do you know there, there wasn't a big no, Flash of light Or smoke Or flames no. Or nothing
0: Well she, she 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 said There was a bang But I said That was just an excuse To tell me to take them down <laughs> I was, going, I was going to try to fix them
1: Alright, the lights went bang Right, go ahead
0: And uh, she went well, She did undecorate all the tree And uh, She went doing about new lights And decorated the tree again And we have a small girl At home 18 months And she's after Undecorating the tree as well we breaking all the bubbles. How'd she do that? Ah, <laughs> uh, sure, you know small ones now They can climb and break Oh, but, the... um, <laughs> gonna... Well, from about About Two and a half, three feet up I was. She's got every one of them broke.
1: You have an 18-month-old so, with anger management issues, man.
0: <laughs> well, she gets them in the father, I was. <laughs>
1: okay, so the tree, and then, the lights and all the baubles got trashed. Yeah.
0: Trashed. And then to make matters worse, we I put up Christmas lights on the outside last year. And herself was saying, take them down because they'll be broken. And sure, of course, me being me, I said, they'd be grand. <laughs> and I... I went in to plug them in this year and they, uh, they weren't so grand.
1: You left the lights off outdoors all year.
0: Sure I did, I did. You I you expected them to know. turn
1: them on and that they'd all work?
0: Well I thought some of them were working eh? And
1: I'd say the ones that you put up were probably indoor lights outdoors, were they?
0: No, they were outdoor alright, they were outdoor alright, but um, yeah, they didn't work in eh, when I plugged them in. <laughs> you're,
1: having, you're having a disastrous start.
0: air <laughs> yeah, sure looked there's all the joys of it.
1: So you've no tree up. There's no lights out, and the lights outside are busted.
0: <laughs> well, the tree's up. The tree's still standing, but uh, everything, uh, everything else is uh, yeah gone.
1: So this would be what if you want to vouch? It would be the third effort to get it right, would it? Well, she can decorate
0: it again. Yeah, she'd be the third time lucky. Who's
1: doing the work, incidentally, Deck?
0: Oh, herself. Cathy
1: is it herself?
0: Well, we 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 bought it the first time, and she she took it on herself now to get it right this second time, and hopefully the third time. <laughs>
1: So you're going to sit back and just uh, and be the foreman, is it?
0: Well, I, I, I'll sit back and have a cup of tea, yeah.
1: <laughs> I have every woman listening to this programme roaring. I see Claire here shaking her head. I think that rules out the voucher straight away, I think. <laughs> what, what are we going to do? What, what are we going to do? Are we going to give it to Deck or somebody else? He's made a complete hames of it up until now. <laughs> Uh, I'll give it to you alright I'll give it to you on the basis lovely stuff on the on the, ba- on the basis that you stay the hell away from it <laughs> <laughs> where are you living?
0: thank you very much I'm blowing lip
1: <laughs> I want to see a photograph of the finished article alright get into Hanley's no. 300 hundred euro worth of stuff uh, and then uh, show me the photograph when you have the work done alright no problem at all. Thank you very much. Right, <laughs> Good luck. Good luck and hi, you, to you. Lung, hi to the long to the long suffering Kathy as well. Back after the break, text six eight one oh four one oh six.
2: Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818 104 Cork's Red
1: FM. And you can text 0868 104 106. Pick up the phone on 0818 104 106. That's exactly what I've done for uh, Father Brian Darcy. He's uh, traveling to Leeside. He's got a book signing down in Cork and also doing a prereq for the Today Show. Um, and I'm mad keen to know a lot of different things. With the time involved, in it, I don't know how much I'm going to get through because the guy just loves to talk. Brian, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Lovely where, to talk to you again. Where to where to begin? Um, you know the the ever changing world we live in. Incidentally, as an Enniskillen man, have you seen the Charlie's Bar video?
13: Oh, I have indeed, and, and uh, I'm so thrilled for them. I know them all I know Una Burns very well indeed, and her father Jerry, and her grandfather Charlie, whom the band is. I know all three generations. What do you of, make of the message? I I think it's a great message. You know, you know, you can make friends. Uh, you can. Uh, uh, there's no need to be on your own. Uh, a dog's a great thing every now and again to make friends, and uh, I think that nobody needs to be on their own. And it's a cross generational thing as well. I think it's. Ursula it it has been a teacher for most of her life. Indeed, she taught religion for a long time, uh, and and uh, so she, she would have that really good insight into. Yeah. Uh, 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 been, been caring. The pub is I'm not a drinker at all but uh, it has become a very good centre in the Skilling and it's right across the street from uh, Breaks of the Hollow where uh, the Game of Thrones uh, where Oh listen the,
1: I was in Enniskill a few weeks ago it's a glorious place but it just got me thinking that this has been seen millions and millions and millions of times around the world. So it shows that people are desperate for good news stories, things that warms their heart because we're in tough old times aren't we?
13: I, I, I think you're absolutely right and, and, and you know, it and it would cost seven hundred quid to make uh you know <laughs> I just think this is one of the greatest things. I'm sure a lot of other stations have spent maybe seven hundred thousand making yeah. them and haven't yeah. got as yeah. good as yeah. yeah, the result. Yeah, to John Lewis precisely, but I think I think it's a great message for Christmas. And and I I, I was I, if I weren't if I weren't on the road to call today, I'd be in to congratulate uh, her and having it Now I will be in as soon as I get back. I mean,
1: you you've been very much the social conscience of the country for many many decades now, with many books and the column for many years in the in the Sunday World and what have you. You dedicated your whole life, but you're kind of you can't help but wondering because you're fairly you're fairly to the point when. A it comes to the church and the um, issues that are going on with the church. But I wonder whether privately yourself, you know, um, coming towards maybe the, you know, the, 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 the twilight years, do you, do you regret yes. that you never, that you never fell in love or you never married or never had kids or things like that? Was, you know, was celibacy a difficult thing for you because you're such a people person?
13: I, I've been no, no uh, secret of it I, I actually did fall in love and I did have to make a choice not to marry and I had to make a choice to go on for priesthood uh, because I had made that commitment and because uh, after a period of discernment I all Thought that um, uh, and an agreement of everybody involved. Uh, That's probably my future was uh, for happiness and for everything else. Uh, and effectiveness was was in the church. I don't didn't didn't need to be celibate, uh, but, but I was. Uh, I had taken vows. Uh, I, didn't, I wouldn't have broken them, uh, and haven't. And uh, so therefore, I had to make a choice. And I suppose every choice in the world is you give up one good. Uh, possibly for another good uh, it's not always a choice between good and evil Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. but I, I, I also I do think the choice of celibacy is a unnecessary choice and I've always said
1: that you say but unnecessary you're saying unnecessary yes, yes, yeah. absolutely you, yeah. and unnecessary. How, do, how does the Vatican mean, you already got a yellow card how does the Vatican react to when you say priests shouldn't be celibate they should be able to marry you've said we should have women priests you're very forthright in those kind of regards
13: I I I think I think all of them are so so obvious. I don't see how anybody could not think of that. I'm not saying that every priest has to marry. What I'm saying is that if you have to make a choice between love and God, it's a wrong choice. Yeah, uh,
1: powerful I mean, words. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah,
13: yeah. You know, it's a wrong choice. It's a choice you shouldn't have to make. Um, and uh, uh, of the two, I think that uh, uh, the choice of love, in many ways. Uh, should should be the greater, you know, it's a greater gift because when you put it down to it, there's only one definition in the Bible of God, and that is God is love, and so wherever love is, God is, um, and wherever God is, love is.
1: So what will um, they do? And, then? And what will they do then with regards to declining parishes and lack of priests even to say mass? It's it's.
13: When you say say, you're absolutely right a lot of society things are changing uh, and a lot of institutions are changing and unless the institution changes uh, with the modes and habits and customs uh, and wishes of the times uh, the the, the institution dies that's obvious from history from the Roman Empire right down to this day Uh, and perhaps another Roman Empire uh, as, as the Catholic Roman Catholic Church is is in the throes of that at the moment in the Western society anyway the big the big difficulty with uh, not the big difficulty maybe some advantage when you say it but the, the the way it is in within the worldwide view of the Catholic Church is that um, uh, where in the third world and Southern Hemisphere uh, is actually growing the yeah. actual number of priests in worldwide has not changed and probably has risen somewhat the actual number of Catholics in the world uh, yeah. uh, is. actually Actually, rising too, to to one point three billion. It's just that the Western society, that is to say, Europe and North America, particularly, uh, is, is, is uh, 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 the, the society has outgrown uh, the, the the kind of structures that the church has. And is that and, the and church's think-
1: own fault because of the issues of primarily the last. Fifty years, or what have you, when when the floodgates opened and we we got to see exactly what some priests were doing. I mean, you you, you very much have spoken about your own issues with regards to sexual abuse, not once but twice, I yes. believe. I believe by by clerics. Um, is that yes. the reason for the declining? Do you think? I think I think it's a, sim,
13: a symbol of it, a symptom. Excuse me, a symptom of, of of it rather than the cause of it. I actually think that you know the greater scandal was that the church covered it up. It was a bad enough scandal that guys did this, but it was a, an even greater scandal that uh, the moral voice of of the world at that time uh, could not uh, w- w- was was ashamed to say that uh, some of his members uh, had harmed children, and and to preserve their institution. They hid the fact, uh, and sometimes with terrible consequences, um, and they covered up the fact that uh, priests had and uh, religious uh, had abused children. And I think that's the bit that's totally unforgivable. Uh, obviously, the heinous crimes of, of, of abuse yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, are, are there, yeah. but 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 that a, a church or that is an institution that claimed to have the moral voice of God. It was so um, uh, out of touch with what God would want. Uh, I think has meant that there is very little trust in the institution okay. when it speaks on other matters now. Okay.
1: Uh, I'm, I'm, I glad you, think, I'm glad you mentioned I think, that point actually if you don't mind, I'm not interrupting you unnecessarily because I was doing a, a look into your life uh, last night and uh, one of the things that I found was um, a very strong interview with the great um, Tommy Tiernan and in the show actually you addressed that point and uh, you were very forthright and courageous in what you said This this is the point that I wanted to play
14: I'm not sure that I am a healer Uh, I'm not sure about that I'm not sure that that is even that I should even attempt to be a healer Uh, I I see healing as something from within rather than from without you know but I think what it did give me Tommy uh, was this it gave me the courage to speak to power to speak truth to power Uh, it gave me the courage to do that and you know, the famous Night of the Cardinal here in this very studio and so forth that have become kind of legends and things like that. I'm sure if I hadn't had to survive abuse, I wouldn't have had the same conviction when I was speaking. And I can say to anybody now, you know, to the Pope or to anybody else, any institution, no matter who they are, any institution that puts the good name of the institution ahead of the vulnerability of a child deserves no respect
1: now I found that incredibly powerful and very courageous I have to say
13: well, well. It, 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 it doesn't give me any pleasure saying it, you know, uh, uh, because I can see so many good things in, in 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 people within the church. I mean, the church is still from us people, not from us hierarchy, but from us people is still doing an amazing amount of good work. I mean, one little example, and it's one of the reasons why I'm hoping that the book will sell well before Christmas is that a lot of my money will go to the, uh, the all of the profits of the book. I will be putting. To to the Vincent de Paul on one hand and to the homeless charities well, on the other. The all run by very good people uh, and, uh, and they are looking after it. That's all the good work that has been done. And the hierarchical structure and the clericalism within the church, as Pope Francis has very often said, the clerical structures within the church are actually hampering uh,
1: the good work of the gospel. Um, The book is called The Best of Brian and it really is uh, covering many, many decades. Even some of the narrative that you had from 10, 20 years ago in the book is more relevant now than it ever has been. You address issues, social issues, that have declined even further since you wrote them. Um, But I I was very interested as well, and and this is kind of, you know, not necessarily trying to lighten the mood, but you you did say once that you would have loved to have lived in biblical times um, just talk to that in the sense that would you like to have been an apostle of Jesus is that what you mean to live at the time that he was on the planet uh,
13: I will, well, no, one of the great difficulties that I have is that when I read the Gospels I'm, I'm really I, I, I don't know the language it was written in um, uh, I'm I'm really in, uh, relying on good interpreters. I'm really relying on good uh, people who have visited the Holy Land, which I've never done. I've never been able to do. Um, and I've, I've just you know there's so many people now saying this is what Jesus meant when he said that. I'd love to have there and said, Jesus, as Thomas said to him, uh, Jesus, what are you talking
1: about? Can you explain it to the most me? <laughs> I understand what you mean. Why have you never travelled to the Holy Land, I wonder, though?
13: Surely. You... I've never had time and nev- but never But you've, never you've been, been to Lourdes
1: enough times. Didn't you go to Jerusalem, though? <laughs>
13: But I, well, I just I never had, it was more expensive uh, as well and and, and uh, uh, I mean I can go to Lewis for three or four nights. I don't think you would go to the Holy Land for three or four nights. You need to be going for three or four weeks. I think to, Too much to, to understand it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> th- 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 those who those who have gone there uh, tell me that. But I, I'm, you know, I, I just love the gospel stories and the parables of the stories, and they're open to so much interpretation. And you know, everybody can fit into them. Uh, 2,000 years later, we actually know what the Good Samaritan is saying. As I often think that if you're looking for a perfect short story, um, and as somebody who, who loves literature in that way, I, I think the perfect short story is the story of the Good Samaritan. And it's just it's beautifully written, beautiful, unfolds beautifully. And you're left at and the very last punchline, Go and do
1: the same yourself. Yeah, I know. But you know what? As we head into yet another Christmas, does it it sadden you that it's very little to do with religion anymore and it's to do with commercialism and the Black Fridays and the presents and... You know, all of that goes with it, no?
13: Oh, well, it, 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 to, to a great extent, what, what, what oh, the only thing that annoys me is that the people who keep denying that Christ lived are the ones that are making most money from celebrating <laughs> his birth. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're and, talking... And, <laughs> And, and 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 you know as as I keep saying you know it, it's, the name is in the can it's Christmas it's Christmas. and if Christ is not in it there's no mass there to be I
1: know I know <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna love you and leave you I was delighted to hear that you're not the biggest fan of the world of radio of television but you love radio I hear is that right.
13: Oh, I'm I'm a I'm an absolute crazy. I'm, I've been on both, as you know, and uh, 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 more than most. Uh, but absolutely, I love radio. It's a great companion. I taught scripts for radio for a long time in the Catholic Communication Institute, and I always used to say the radio is a personal phone call from the presenter, well, and that's what it is well, every uh, single time.
1: Well, you've had your own bit of a dip into television. I don't mention the war. If I mention Father Ted and Father Trendy, though. <laughs>
13: <laughs> I'd say that's, you're sick to death of it. Yeah, That's a perfect example Neil, of somebody making more money imitating me than I ever imitated <laughs> being me
1: <laughs> I love it, I love it Alright, well listen, safe safe trip to Cork, I think you're in Dubray Books on Patrick Street, is that right?
13: <laughs> tomorrow, tomorrow I am, I'm, I'm doing a little piece of authority in the morning, and then I go straight to Dubray Books after that, and then I have, drive back to the skillet. So I, I hope hopefully in Dubré uh, about 1 to 1.30 and I'll probably leave uh, as, as, as as the people stop coming in, which could be at 5 past five I'll No, one later, listen, people
1: will now. be delighted to see you from half past 1 to 3 o'clock at Dubré Books and Patrick's. Let's say you'll be there much longer than that for the signing of the book, The well, Best as, of Brian. I am, that's fine.
13: As I say, every 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 profit of the book is going to charity anyway as all of the 17 books have so far
1: fair play yeah great to catch up lovely chatting with you Brian thanks for taking the call i just it's wonderful Neil and thank you it's always a delight and keep up the good work yourself you're very kind, appreciate it, look after yourself pal, Father Brian Darcy and he'll be in Debray Books tomorrow uh, on Patrick Street, half past one to three o'clock, his book would make a lovely Christmas gift or some good reading material the best of Brian, it's literally everything from down through the years, he said some time ago that there wasn't another book in him uh, and to some extent uh, he possibly was right so what they decided to do was look at all of his writings from many years uh, in the making, anyway that's the deal, lads. Unfortunately, I didn't get to much of what I wanted to do this morning, but it's good for another day. Don't worry about that. And also, hopefully, we'll have some great audio tomorrow uh, coming from the Cork City Children's Hospital Club as they travel to meet Santa Claus. I've seen the videos coming up. They're up on social media of the kids meeting Santy and Mrs. Claus and all the elves, and even all of the Disney characters turned up this morning. But the last bit of business before I leave you, you know the drill.
6: Magic beans.
1: Did you ever hear the likes of it? magic beans did you ever hear the lights of it oh eight one
2: eight one oh four one oh six talk to neil prenderville now oh eight one eight one oh four one oh six cork's red fm
1: that's it panta winners for jack and the beanstalk for today the family of georgina Kremen in grana braher two kids and they'll be very very happy off to see jack and the beanstalk at the opera house and we'll do some more family passes again tomorrow have a good day I'll see you tomorrow. For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts.